I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. podcast um this is our fourth episode and uh, we just got through christmas and we managed to survive the holiday season so barely yeah so we're back and ready to move on with uh kind of a preparation for the new year and some new topics and just a lot of fun uh, yes this is paul and also with me is marco how's it going buddy hello good how are you doing good good uh just glad to kind of be done with christmas but still at the same yeah. time not fully ready to be done with christmas exactly because like this is that week where you know of course you have that week in between christmas and new year's where not everybody's back to work that you know of course school's still out and all that stuff so right i'm trying to find so many things to do before getting back to the grind of work and all that yeah, yeah. so it's <laughs> so it's the interesting time of year um you know before we before the new year gets in there and you start the whole cycle starts all over again it gets exhausting thinking yeah, about yeah. it sometimes <laughs> well and this is that weird period where you're like oh you know when do i take the tree down when do i put the decorations yeah. away when do i stop with all that stuff i mean luckily for us it still looks very much like christmas so sure uh, you know we just leave the tree up and stuff and we're still doing the lights, Your lights and don't everything. stay up all year round no, like <laughs> we don't actually put lights up on the house, but this year we, we got one of those outside uh, kaleidoscope that you put on the gotcha, lawn. Yeah. It goes on the house kind of thing. No, I don't actually that's put lights up on the That's the smartest thing in the, the world house. that they came up with. I know, right? Yeah, that's the smartest thing, yeah. You, you just plug it, you know, pop it in, plug it in, done, two minutes, instead of yeah, spending yeah. all weekend putting lights up and, and that those things do not come down. So. 
No, no. Um, but yeah, we still have the tree up. Still, still put the lights on at night. Um, <laughs> nice. I just nice. like having the tree. Sure. That's sure. My, that's my friend. Um, real I, or fake? Uh, real tree. Okay. I actually have been naming the tree too. Have you? Um, <laughs> yeah. This year I named it uh, David Tree Roth. <laughs> so. I love it. Uh, what did last year we named I love it? it. Um, last year we named it Triana. It was a, oh, it was a girl tree okay. last year. I forget the year before That's that. Awesome. But yeah, I'm one of those you weirdos. You got like a little photo I, album of, yeah, of your past tree. That's that everybody should. That's yeah. awesome. I have to like. I mean, that's that's one of those things you have to think about, right? Like, why don't you take pictures of your tree and put it in a photo album? I know. <laughs> you know, of like, especially like Halloween costumes, Christmas trees. This is 2017. Is what you know? That's a that's one thing I don't see in a lot of album. Yes, you see, you know, the Christmas. Uh, family portraits that everybody right, does right. right in front of the tree and everything. But what about just tree by itself and just remembering how it was looked and uh, everything? Because I used to uh, try to, okay, this year we're going to do blue and white lights. And the next year we want red and green lights and try to have like a certain theme oh, and then right. go out and buy all new uh, Christmas bulbs and decorations for every year. But, you know, we don't get the elaborate trees, so it, it's not that expensive to right. think about it. Instead of having the same boring, you know, boxes and stuff coming out, so. Yeah, well, I've I've gone through a little bit of a transition to where I used to be more kind of grumpy and cynical about the holidays, and <laughs> a little more, right. you know, a little more edgy about how you know it's all bullshit and commercial oh, sure. consumerism, and then I kind of grew up and was like, yeah, but it's still just fun, and who cares exactly. if it's about. <laughs> if it's about spending money because it's still fun and it's enjoyable and it's, um, you know, you, you kind of evolve over time, but I've come yeah. around a little bit yeah, to it, like the whole Christmas season better. So yeah. Yep. No, uh, I hear you on that. But, uh, I don't know. Did you, uh, did you, uh, do anything special or get any fun new gifts or anything? Um, the one thing that I get that I got was an electric blanket and I needed it so bad. I'm not, I mean, it doesn't get, terribly cold where i'm at sure. and i feel kind of uh you know funny when i say oh i'm cold because everybody else in the country is freezing right now especially and we're sitting here at 70 degrees <laughs> and during the day um it, it drops to 40 and i've been wanting an electric blanket but i'm too lazy to go get one sure so that's all i asked for and of course i got it so i'm cool with that um anything special not really because uh i still had to work Okay. And so it was a matter of just um, I always look forward to like getting together and eating. I'm a I'm a food person. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, I'm like, what are we eating? Because let's let's do something cool that way instead right. of gifts. Like I'd re I'd rather eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, this year we didn't do anything. Like we didn't go anywhere or anything. I know my uh, I think I mentioned before my son is uh, in college and he's mm -hmm. he was in Spain for the past four months and he now he's in winter break. So just kind of enjoying the time yeah, that he's yeah. here before he goes back heads back. So. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What you do anything? Like, uh, you have any traditions that you guys do, or any places you go? Well, uh, well, first uh, to to go off of the electric blanket thing. Um, yeah. I, I need like electric running gear because it's like 15 degrees out <laughs> and I can't go running anymore. But uh, I I still trick, I, I trick myself into going out sometimes, and I'm like, eh, it's 15 degrees, but the sun's out, so I could go out for a little while and then I immediately hate myself afterwards but right. <laughs> uh, I mean you kind of have to be sadistic and hate yourself to be involved in running anyways 
Yeah. Like yeah I uh, get off on the torment, but um, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, once it's back up into the twenties, I'll be back out every day again, but or at least most <laughs> wow. days. But yeah, yeah exactly. it's been in the teens now, so I've been staying indoors mostly. Um, I did actually go run on Christmas morning. It was like twenty something degrees, and it just snowed. And I went out. Oh wow! I was running while other people were like shoveling their sidewalks. It felt so Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, that's a great you know how you get a good lay of the land, right? Yeah. So. Um, oh, that's good stuff. And then uh, on the f the food thing is definitely one of my mm -hmm. biggest things with Christmas. Uh, the reason I run so much is because I'm like a fat person trapped in an athlete's <laughs> body. Or no, wait, I'm a athlete trapped in a fat person's body. I'm, I hear you. I hear you. I'm not sure which yeah. way that works, but basically I, <laughs> I could I easily be a fat guy. Yeah, yeah. I eat the way I eat. I should be, you know, heavier than I am. I'm not heavy at all, but I should. I'm probably inside my heart's going to explode. Um, <laughs> it's, sad, it's sad to say, but it's probably true. Yeah, it's know. all right. I need to stop eating. Nah, I like eating. Yeah, eating's awesome. <laughs> Um, exactly. We uh, our tradition is a little bit skewered by the the family dynamic I have of mm -hmm. yes, uh, you know, having kids with a divorced relationship. So um, yep, we have always done Christmas on New Year's Eve for us, uh, which it was a little oh, tricky okay. when the kids were young. But that was how we split up the holidays. Was um, the, the kids would be over at my house the day before Christmas Eve, and then we'd have all our presents on Christmas Eve, and then they'd be at their mom's house on Christmas Day kind of thing. So, Right, right. Uh, we've just done it forever, and now obviously my kids are older, and they I don't have to trick them about why Santa comes a day early or anything. But <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, but I, I, I we hear still... you I, I come from that same situation. So Yeah, but we still keep up the, the same thing. We sure we um get up early on christmas eve and then we have donuts and coffee and we open presents and then we just kind of hang out for the day and then we go to my brother's house and hang out with uh, you know my dad's side of the family mm -hmm. and uh that's you know usually and then christmas day i'll just kind of hang out or get up and go running in the morning and then uh and then uh, we go to my girlfriend's parents house and hang out there for the day so yeah it's uh, you know yeah. usually pretty I'm sorry, low key. I, there, yeah, uh, there is a tradition we do every Christmas. I for, I don't even know why I didn't say it. We do it. We go to the movies oh, after right, right. about in the afternoon every Christmas day. We've been doing it for about seven years now. Um, okay. Because I think we, we mentioned before, Christmas is a pretty much a great time to uh, for movies to come out anymore, especially with Star Wars and everything. And uh, right. we started it with the Hobbit. And when the Hobbit was coming out in December and everything, so that that is one of our traditions. After, you know, like I said, my son's older now, so we don't have to wait and open gifts or whatever. It's it's go to my parents' house, mm -hmm. do our thing, and then we go to the movies. Right. So that has been an ongoing thing that I'm, I want to keep forever. I like doing that, and yeah. everybody else does it too because the movie was packed. Right. Every year it's packed. Yeah, I had gone to the movies before on Christmas night when I was yeah. younger. Uh, no, that's a good one. I, uh, I'm trying to think if I got anything extra special. I got the Leatherface Blu-ray. Got some new right. Ear, got some new earbuds. I got some new Converse. I have like six pairs of Converse All Stars <laughs> in different colors. Nice, so, nice. I only have a black pair. That's it. Uh, yeah. Every year I, I have been asking for a new pair. So. Oh, cool. I got uh, a 
light gray. I believe the color is called mouse gray. Mouse gray. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't go too crazy buying a, mm -hmm. a bunch of shit, but uh, we keep it pretty fun. I got a, a. What I like to do on like especially like Christmas time is, I always yeah celebrate the the traditional sense of it like buying gifts for people right mm -hmm. but i also like to do is whatever i did that year i try to implement it in the gift giving so for example i had um you know a few years back i bought a 3d printer and so when i got into that everybody got 3d printed items mm -hmm. uh, because that's what i that's what i was up to that year sure and i think that's a that's a cool trade because i want to say in traditional you know history that's how the gift giving became is something you know, people went to you know the trade post and then throughout their year they came back and they you know gave gifts to their their loved ones and family members and friends and everything so i try to keep that also um up and going for the winter like the for christmas time okay this year i didn't do anything so everybody got traditional stuff yeah yeah uh no it's a it's it's just a fun thing it's a good excuse yeah. to uh get a few frivolous things that you wouldn't normally buy for yourself and uh, right that's it. That's it. And do the same for other people and eat a bunch mm -hmm. of cool shit. Yep. Uh, Cookies. No, that's good. Um, so besides Christmas stuff, uh, what else have you been up to? Any any um, other movies besides the podcast ones or any other stuff you had going on? Um, no, I mean, besides the besides the Star Wars stuff, of course, right? Being seen it, that's where I've been living right, in the movie right. theater. Um. I did go see Jumanji, the new one, and oh, yeah. uh, su surprisingly, that was you know I was like I wasn't seeing Star Wars, I saw something else, and it was funny. It was so good. Yeah, it looks and funny. And it was it was fantastic. I think I think Kevin Hart and The Rock should always make movies together. Those guys have a great chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been trying to get some inspiration, of course, because of the Star Wars movies out and everything. Is is drawing some more and painting more. Okay. As I always do that every year anyway. So I have now I have made a mess in the corner of my house of pulling out all my art supplies and and restarting that, too. So right. I'm starting to get into that. And hopefully I'll have something done to post and, and share. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, we'll touch on Star Wars later for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard not to because it's like <laughs> it, that's that's like half my life. So I know. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I managed to get through. Uh, I managed to get through my whole Christmas movie list. Oh, right. That yeah, I, I, I had I set out for myself. Right. And did I watch anything else? I went to see Star Wars two times. Yes. Uh, once with my girlfriend and then once with my son. I also I watched the new Leatherface movie, which I'll get more mm -hmm. on that in a little bit. And, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it. And I uh, watched, uh, post-Christmas, I watched another Christmas horror movie called P2 that... The, I saw you post that. I'm, yeah, I'm curious now. It's um, the the P two is a reference to like a floor. It's a parking garage, and it's uh, oh okay. It's like kind of the classic uh, businesswoman stays late on Christmas Eve at the company, and a deranged security guard kind of holds her hostage in the building because it's just the two of them left. Right. Uh, so it's not super heavy Christmas, but there's some Christmas themes there. I mean, it takes place Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. There's the decorations. There's Christmas music and stuff. He, there's like a Christmas right, dinner right. scene kind of thing. But um, definitely a cool, uh, it's a pretty tense movie. 
And uh, I didn't even realize that it was made by the guy... This keeps coming up every show. The Maniac remake. Right. So oh, it's made wow. by the same guy that he... made the remake of The Maniac. So Okay. Okay. Uh, so one of these days we'll have to just actually just watch the movie and talk about it since it keeps coming up. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich brought it up, right? Rich uh, had brought that up to us before where his... Was it the maniac? Oh or no! Was that something else? He was talking about the Dawn of the Dead one, and then I was saying, "Oh okay, oh got it." I was saying that that was that it was one of the that the maniac was one of the ones where the remake actually was better. Yeah, is is close to or better than the original. So, got it. Uh, yeah, I haven't really. I mean, I've just been working on podcast stuff and mm-hmm. networking with people and and fucking working and. Mm-hmm trying to run in the cold and uh, trying to watch movies and then I have this toy photography show thing coming up. It's like a little mini showcase at a comic book store. That's tomorrow, right. So. Nice. Uh, I just feel like I have so many things to do. So <laughs> like it's yeah, never that, that's me too. Yeah, that's me too. I have seven projects all the time mm-hmm. and maybe I'll complete one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, we um, we didn't really create a, a formal end of the year show because you know we're kind of just starting out here at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But um, we thought that it would be good just to kind of talk about um, what this year has been like for us. Yeah. Because um, it's been kind of a big year for the two of us. In addition to doing this whole thing, you know, it's been some other mm-hmm. stuff, but. Uh, um, I guess, you know, if we want to maybe just hit some of the highlights of some of the things that we've done this year. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I know for you, me. Um, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. You, oh, I was going to say you, you can you can start first because I know <laughs> you, you started yeah. doing a podcast before I did. So, yeah, like for me, the biggest thing, like I've never thought that I'd be podcasting ever. I listen to them. I enjoy them. Um, and I never thought I'd, I would be actually sitting in front of a microphone and spilling my guts out and people will listen and yeah, uh right, right. putting the star wars podcast you know with friends because again it was something like hey we talk i talk a mile a minute anyway and it'd right. be kind of cool to you know put it on tape and let and let other people join the conversation so that was one of the biggest things for me this year it is something like again i've never thought i was doing it now i've got two that mm-hmm. i'm involved in sure, sure and it's great and i'm i'm having a time of my life with it it's yeah. funny because a lot of people will look at me and go, "Really, you you know you're you're doing this? I can't believe it. that's awesome." Um, it's you never know what kind of direction your life's going to take you, you know. And definitely, and it, and it's fun, and I'm hoping that you know continuing going on, we you know have some more ideas and dynamic content. You know, it's like one of those things. Like, well, do people really want to hear me? I mean, do I have anything interesting to say? And that was the, probably the scariest <laughs> thing going into it. I, I feel and, that but, way you know every what? time. Did you just <laughs> <laughs> well, you just gotta throw your hands in the air dude and just say whatever and people let you know uh, this this society is very good at letting you know yeah, if, yeah. if you're shit or not so uh and then you just take it as a grain of salt and you and you try to be constructive and move on so mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing this year that i uh yeah. got into absolutely right um i got it this has been like a crazy year for me sure. um as far as the the podcasting stuff is pretty it's pretty simple for me. Like I've just been a fan and kind of been hanging around, you know, guys like you and Rich and mm-hmm. some of my horror buddies like Dave and Dustin and Jerry and other guys that have been 
all kind of just saying like, hey, you know, make something, put it out, whatever. Sure, sure. And uh, so I finally got around to doing that, and now I feel like it's something that I, I regret that I didn't do it sooner, but I'm right. glad. Right. I'm glad that I waited because I don't know if I would have been ready to do it before. Sure. Like I, I wish I had been doing it for a longer, but I feel like now is the the right time for me to be trying to do something and now i'm trying to work on more things too but um i mean in addition to the podcasting stuff it's just been one thing after another as far as uh you know with with running i did uh two half marathons this summer right which That's were awesome like the two longest distances that i ever ran before um i uh you know just did a lot with the family and did a lot with friends mm-hmm. and it's been a good year overall for me. I've watched a ton of movies. I've gotten involved in a bunch of different stuff that I never really thought that I would get involved in either. Right. Uh, tried out things, decided I didn't like them, quit doing them. So, you know. Eating a heart, right? A heart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And a liver. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I still have some heart left, actually. Oh, God. Okay, stop. <laughs> the fucking thing was big, man. It's, I can't eat the whole thing at once. That's funny. Those cows have big fucking hearts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's just been a, a good journey. I feel like I'm finally in a good upward momentum for things. So that's why good. I think this is the right time for creative projects, whether it's this or, you know, I did a lot of stuff with photography over the summer. Right, uh, right. Getting my son involved in that kind of stuff where I'd have him come and light fireworks for me and blow dust and hold things that's and awesome. dry stuff off and do whatever and that's and, one of the things going forward sorry to cut you off. that was one oh, of the things sorry. that going forward for me is that is that i do want to try my hand in that uh, in the sure. toy photography world yeah, yeah not necessarily you know uh, competition wise but just the interesting aspect of yeah, going outside yeah. lighting shit on fire and taking pictures of toys right. and i like that it was, it was very very cool so um, I'm, that's something like on my list to another project I want to start. That's yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's been a good year for, for us. Cool. Um, even just for the family. I mean, we got a new dog. Um, yeah. You know, my girlfriend has been, she's been traveling and doing competitions for CrossFit and, uh, and my son has been playing soccer and then he broke his arms and then yeah. now he's healed and he's going back into soccer. So, <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, cool. So I guess let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what this show is about here, since okay. we haven't really even covered that yet, and right. people are probably wondering. I guess they could probably read what the title of the podcast is and figure it out. Right. Um, so since uh, you know you have really been living and breathing Star Wars, and then I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Star Wars myself, um, we had had some some conversations about. I guess sort of the early on mixed opinions about the new Star Wars mm-hmm. movie, and I've I've been sort of feeling like the opinions have come back around a little bit to where it's not as negative as it was at first. But right, um, right. And we had sort of talked about how um, co- comparing this this being the ninth Star Wars movie to some of the other franchises in mm-hmm. in horror, which is what we're covering, have made it to nine movies and. And what do those franchises look like? And what are they doing at their ninth installment of the movie? Right, and, right. Uh, 
how and before how, anybody says anything about this being episode eight and there's only eight rogue one is considered that's you know sure i'm just sure. i'm just putting it out there because i know i know star wars fans yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that was it, so, it actually fucked me up at first when i was trying to figure it out and right. i i forgot about rogue one right and then i was like oh shit i forgot about that and yeah this i mean to me it is the ninth movie <laughs> to me, it, it it definitely counts too because it fits right in the middle oh, of sure. other stories. So no, it's movie. Not... It's it's a it's 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 a it's a full featured movie, and that's what we're basing it off. Yeah. Of. So there has been nine full featured movies, and Han sure. Solo will be ten. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely that theme of nine mm -hmm. came up in this, which is a great concept to explore our world, right? Right. Right. Oh uh, yeah. So if you um. I was trying to dig through which franchises have made it to nine movies in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found that ironically, both Halloween and Friday, or oh my God, both Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street had made it to the ninth movie and did a remake at that movie. Right, right. So we thought it'd be interesting to cover the two remakes of beloved characters and Freddie and Michael and. Lori and Nancy and whoever and see, you know, what are these franchises doing at number nine versus what is, uh, you know, any, what's you know, Star Wars doing with its characters at that point as well. Sure. Or, mm -hmm. uh, the one thing we aren't going to talk too much Star Wars during the show. Right. Uh, we're going to do the horror reviews and then I know that not everyone is a Star Wars fan. So what we'll do is at the end of uh, this episode, we're going to discuss The Last Jedi, and we'll put that out as a separate podcast. So if you want to listen to us do a Star Wars podcast, I guess, <laughs> it won't yeah. be really a full featured <laughs> podcast. It'll probably just be a short add-on thing. Sure, sure. But it uh, uh, probably won't be another three hours in addition to whatever <laughs> this one is. Right. So, but, uh, cool. So yeah, we're going to do uh, Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010. The remake, Reimagination, yes. I'm not sure what they call it, and Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007, and uh, it's it's more of a, I guess, not so much of a review as much as a, a bit of a character study or structure of it. Since right. these are both remakes, I, I, f I felt like it was a little easier to compare what they've done with the characters, because there's not really, Always a, interesting. There's not yeah. really a story arc that you could follow and say well there's all this character growth or development and did they develop the right. way that i thought they would because they're starting back at the beginning but mm -hmm. i think it's an interesting way to look at what uh, you know a modern version of these characters looks like to somebody and is that mm -hmm. what we would think the character should look like so right um but there's there's a lot there so it'll be It'll be more of a discussion about each movie as opposed to a review. But also, the uh, as I was watching them, I'm like, you know, you can't really talk about the plot of the movie because they're really just identical to the original movies, more or less. Right. Other, other than the the slight differences that we'll pick out about how it, it uh, deviates from those things. but Sure. But, yeah, it's, I mean especially Halloween, if you're going to review it, it's basically one movie that's totally different and then another movie that's almost the exact same. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's always a probably a toughest decision when a director gets a chance to do a remake of something to go, okay, 
I mean, I could do it shot for shot almost. Right, right. Or how do I get my own creative control over this or creative yeah. freedom? So I'm sure we'll discuss some of that, those points in there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's and like. How, and if they made the movie or broke it too. Right. So. Well, and it's like what I brought up earlier with the, the Maniac one or the Dawn of the Dead one. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's those few movies that some people think are maybe better or on par with the originals. And a lot of them get shit and say, you know, people just don't like them because it's a remake and don't really give it a chance sometimes. <laughs> that's me uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah. Shame yeah. to say, but that's a, hey, I have a, I, I like my originals. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. also tough because you grow up with something a certain way. Yeah. And I think especially one of these, uh, well, both of them, I feel like it changes a lot about the main characters, but yes, one, one of them to yeah. me more than another, but. Does it make it better or worse or correct or the same, I guess, you know, so sure. yeah, overall, sure. I, I always try to enter a remake with an open mind and give it a chance. Sure. Um, often what I find myself trying to do is, is saying, um, saying like, does, does this movie need to be made or does it, is it doing something different? Like, is it just the same movie again? But with a different uh, different set of camera lenses or whatever. Right. You know, right, like right. you said, the shot-for-shot shot remake type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not going to do anything different, then why are you doing anything? You well, know? like the Psycho remake, you know, with Vince Vaughn? Right. I, I believe... I, I think I saw I it once. I don't think the whole movie... Yeah, I don't think the whole movie was scene by scene, but the first, the intro was. Exa- I mean, frame by frame, shot by shot, everything. I think I Lighting. heard the only thing that was really different between that one and the original was that there was a scene where he was jerking off and they didn't yeah the masturbation scene they I, didn't have him jerking yeah, I, off in the original <laughs> i don't remember norman bates doing that but hey uh, so technically it should be better if there's a dude jerking off in it but uh, i mean i mean <laughs> that's <laughs> but it's definitely it's on not my che- it's on my checklist right um uh, <laughs> uh it, that's one thing i always try to like say is there a reason that i need to be watching this like do they do something different right to it right which i think both of these do that successfully they definitely do something different they absolutely uh, do and they and we'll t- and we'll get into it because there is some um moments where you're going you know what I, when you take a step back you're like, i'm glad they did that mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll get into that and then uh sometimes i guess I, I feel this way more about prequels like i had brought up the leatherface one before right uh right. so i i only got to watch it once and it's it's one of these movies where I feel like I I need to see it another time to really um, give it an accurate score mm-hmm. of how I feel on it, which I know that I really liked it. I mean, I could say <laughs> I definitely like the movie a lot, uh, but there's some weird stuff to being a prequel, and I found myself putting it in one of these categories of um, if it wasn't, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a Leatherface, but I just like this better as a oh, non-franchise movie. Yeah. And at times yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I would like this better just as a non-franchise movie and not try and shoehorn it into some pre-existing character and, and family structure. Right. But then at other points I'm going, oh, but they're, they're like, they're hitting the nail so on the head that it would just, it would feel like it was derivative and they were copying it. Right. So right. it's it's complicated to me because it 
does some it explains some things that make sense and they're not wrong but then you get into that territory of like well do i want that explained Mm -hmm. or not that's my always my problem with the and you i think you hit the nail on the head there with me and my attitude towards remakes it's the fact that um they're gonna in order to do something different they have to give you a lot more information right and really tell a backstory and then it so a lot of times a backstory will kill the mystery of the character or kill the mystery of the movie right. plus a franchise because you know the remakes aren't going to have you know number two number three four going forward this is a standalone and they just want a modernized ver- version of it and for sometimes for me i'm like i don't need it a modernized version of it because the, of course the, the originals did so well of introducing this character now in the back of our minds and i think that might be a, a thing too where in the back of our mind i already know you know like leatherface and because I've seen all the the films, and they do some, they kind of do tailor back a little bit and, and explain some. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Leatherface. So I'm I'm dying to see it, and I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm concerned more about are they going to show me too much or explain too much that the mystery kind of dissolves. No, I, and and, that, and we'll get it. We'll get into that with these two films. Yeah, too, with the ones we're going to talk about. Well, that's where I, I I landed on this one. Ultimately, is. Once I got the whole picture of everything, I I wasn't I wasn't left feeling like they explained too much. Like they explained mm-hmm. some things, and I don't want to like say too much because I don't want to ruin it for you or anyone right, who hasn't gotcha. seen it. But um, it it didn't explain too much, but it hit certain points that they've sort of touched on in other movies, and they they sort of show where some of that stuff comes from, like. Oh, okay. I mean, one thing, it's not really a mystery, but like sure. in in some of the movies, they show him almost having sort of this, this sympathetic side to him. Right. Um, uh, specifically, like in number two, where he kind of takes the liking to the girl and mm-hmm. he doesn't really want to kill her. He's kind of trying to hide her from the other guys and stuff. But they almost, by showing his, his past, you sort of can add that to why he later on would have sort of this unexplained sympathetic side to him right but it's not it's not like i don't know it's it's not stupidly done to where i hated the fact Mm -hmm. that they they added that in because it made sense to me or you know they explained some things about the family when he was a kid or some of the stuff that happened and there's a little bit of a curveball i think if anyone had mixed opinions about it 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 plays out weird because it's kind of this escape from an asylum jailbreak slash running from the cops, like a devil's rejects, mm-hmm. natural born killer type of scenario. Right. right. Um, but, uh, but it's a Leatherface movie, not those, you know, I gotcha. So, but it's, it's a really good movie. I think, um, cool. I definitely want to watch it again. And it's it's sort of like tied in with all this. I mean, it's it's technically it's the eighth movie in that franchise, not the ninth. So it didn't work right. for the situation. But uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, maybe it's the oh no, it's the eighth movie. Ah, Shit. that would have been perfect, actually. Uh, but no, it's, I mean it. It's cool because I, I'm not against the prequel idea again if it's mm-hmm. if it's done well. Right. Which one of these movies? has sort of a prequel thing which yes i have mixed opinions about that but i do too um, i do too but like i don't I, said, uh, I don't hate that it was done so no and, and my mixed opinions are 
might be a little bit different than what you're what people are thinking so. right right um yeah that's uh that's an interesting one for sure yeah so yeah i'll have to watch it again and give it a a better final thought sure. i it's funny because i was the same way about the new chucky movie mm, yes where i was like i watched it and for a whole different set of reasons i was i, I was like i really like that but i i don't know exactly what i just saw <laughs> like i need to see that again <laughs> right. there was a lot going on there that's, so. that, that's also a theme of this year too so <laughs> yeah yeah uh all right well i think we should maybe take a break okay and when we come back we will get into a little discussion about a nightmare on elm street Oh, 
time to talk about the ninth movie in a nightmare on elm street's franchise also known yes. as a nightmare on elm street 2010 uh so we have uh it's kind of a standard remake um so i think we had mentioned before but we're, we're not going to really break down the plot of the movie or anything but more so have a discussion about the evolution of this story or the characters mm -hmm. what we feel about them themselves um we have a few yeah. characters here to talk about um i think you had said well, obviously we'll talk about freddie and nancy sure sure um so a couple of the additional characters that i thought we could just knock off real quick here uh the first one was uh when we start the movie with this this dean character and um, I've what I was finding is this movie has kind of this this flaw throughout it where it starts focusing very heavily on someone, and then you're like, oh, is this the main person? <laughs> and then that person right. dies, and then it's, oh no, wait, it's not that person. Yeah, I, I was expecting, and what they did is is Nancy. Nancy is the you know the star of the of original sure. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was always hoping that when they started with Dean in the in this one. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, did we did we switch this? Am I going to be totally taken out of it? I know. You know, but yeah, you're right. He was he was killed off within what ten minutes of the movie, right? Um, to set it to set off the uh, yeah. And, uh, well, then they the mystery murders, yeah. Right. Well, and then they had um, Chris had interacted with him. His girlfriend, I guess, was this girl Chris, yeah. who was the chick from Arrow that she plays Laurel in Arrow. Right. Um, <laughs> right. I was right. like, oh shit, that's the chick from Arrow. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So then they like followed her forever in the movie. Right. And they had introduced like I said, Nancy didn't come until well, they, like halfway almost. They introduced her right away. Nancy yeah. was like working at the diner and mm -hmm. she was interacting with the other kids. Like they introduce all the characters basically in the diner. In that right. one scene you have right. um, Quentin, you have Jesse, you have Chris. Um, I don't remember who the other guy was that was there, but basically all the characters are there. Yeah. So then they follow Chris like forever, and then they have um, just little offshoot things with Jesse and Nancy, 
uh, where mm-hmm. they, they kind of get back together. And like Jesse was well, just yeah, you, kind of you that. You see the relationships, yeah. Jesse was like the um, overly aggressive mid-2000s emo pussy kid <laughs> with like the eyeliner and the jet black hair. Right. Uh, I probably listened to Bullet for my Valentine. Right. And then Jesse in the original was that criminal element that, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. He was, he was the mean boyfriend, the, the, the one that the, uh, you know, of course the one that would get expelled from school. First off, any of these people in here look like high school students. Right. Uh, to me, these were really. all adults like crazy. And maybe, put Nan- them in eye. maybe Nancy was probably the closest. Yeah. Nancy a little bit. Well, actually Quint, Quentin too. But, oh, right, right, yeah. I mean, she's working at a diner. They all have these. It, it was just weird. It had a weird vibe right off the mm-hmm. bat. Like, um, these are supposed to be high school students. Even the, right. I mean, even, of course, every 80s movie has that sure, um, sure. dilemma anyway. You know? But but the thing is, I would think in a remake, you would try to fix something like that. Right. You would try to get a younger audience or um, a younger cast to portray high school students. Mm-hmm. And how and, and not to take away from high school students is that they're not all um, fully developed and know everything like brainiacs you know they're, sure. they're still developing yeah. and i would love to seen something like that where the entire cast was you know uh, finding out about freddy not by researching microfilm right. you know what i mean i would like to, to, to try to transition just almost like how the original did the original how they introduced these characters i think to me were spot on right and how you had the, the the criminal element. You had the you know uh, not criminal element, but the the bad boy. Right. You had the you know the sheriff. I don't know. It, it was it was there's a there's a a clear difference on what this movie and the cast was and the original. Yeah. Is what I was saying. Like yeah, it's a big difference. Like. Well, and I think it didn't like really none of these characters had the same names as the original one. Like there was no Tina. Um, yeah, there was Tina. Um, oh no, you're right. There was no Tina in this one. Right, right. Um, Correct. You're I f- right. I forget Absolutely. what Johnny Depp's character's name was, but oh man, but look it up. Like he but, was, uh, yeah. he was basically supposed to be the Quentin character. Yeah, I, I thought he was Quentin. And then yeah, that's what. So they like changed the kid's name, so that was kind of off-putting. And then like, for like half of the movie, they follow Chris, and right. I'm like, is Chris the focal character of this movie? It was, it was like almost nothing mm-hmm. about Nancy at all. And then they kill Chris off, and they're like, okay, now we have to follow Nancy. And I'm like, well, right, what right. the fuck, there's like half of the movie left, <laughs> and you're just now yeah, going to follow the main character? Um, Johnny Depp's character was named Glenn. Right, Glenn, okay. Yeah, and there was no Glenn, so. Yeah, so they changed a lot of their names and, and made them have different roles and identities. And like this Chris character yeah. was, was, I felt she was focused on for too long of the movie. Um, what I did like is that like how they all were introduced through that diner scene but then mm-hmm. all sort of ended up having these same dreams where they were remembering shit with not remembering shit necessarily but that Freddy was like haunting them and he was like right. saying do you remember me and stuff and they had no idea what was happening and they started to figure out like hey did we used to know each other like they had at the the Dean kid there was a picture and then like Chris saw uh, something where he was a little kid and she was also in that mm-hmm. picture. And so she asked yeah, her mom about I, it. I thought stuff. that was a, yeah, I thought that was a kind of a good element. They um, added in this remake was the fact that all the Elm street kids were in this preschool together and right, they all right. kind of forgot what happened and what Freddy Krueger did 
um, yeah, before yeah. he was a burnt man. And and I kind of I, I like I actually I was I found myself following that timeline more than any other thing in this remake. Like because right. again, that's something we didn't get a lot of in the no, no. Nightmare on Elm Street series. I believe the TV show when they did a TV show on Nightmare on Elm Street, they were starting to get into that more or less on how Freddy Krueger um, became, you know, how, how he was burnt and how the people, you know, caught him and burned him and stuff like that. So right. I, I'm, I'm glad that in a way the remake started to tie in something where these kids had a connection and they didn't know what the connection was. And it was more than just the dreams, you know. Right. So then I guess, you know, there's not really much with the rest of those characters, but then we're left with uh, with Quentin and mm -hmm. with Nancy when they kind of become the main story. And uh, I mean, I don't know to you how it felt, but to, to me, like um, Nancy really was just kind of on her own and shined by herself. And then, you know, she's only the main focus of half of the movie. Plus, she has like a sidekick, <laughs> yeah. too. So it felt like she was really <laughs> right. weak as a Nancy, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and not anything against her, but they just didn't write her in to the movie properly, I feel like. No, uh, because, again, in the original, we followed Nancy. And remember, she did the um, – she had with the dream tests, and everything right. was focused on her. Why is she having these dreams? And she, her, she's the one who found a way to pull Freddy out of the dream. Her, his hat first. And everything. So she, again, more, more important as any other character. Right, um, right. And we didn't get that until almost the last act of the movie. Yeah. Where, well, and they introduced you know I mean? it through, like, that they moved into the house where the girl went crazy before or whatever right. was how, like, she had absorbed it. But in this one, it was that they were all connected, and that's how they, once Freddy mm -hmm. picked one of them off, then he moved on and started fucking with the next kid kind of thing. Right, right. Um, which again, I didn't hate how they connected all of them. It mm -hmm. almost sort no, it of good. makes it make sense. There's a little bit of a pathology there, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I felt like the the rest of the characters were all sort of minimized, where there wasn't a clear standout. If anything, I liked Quentin better than Nancy. Um, you know, he was yeah. he was kind of cool. I, I liked the the scene where uh, when he goes underwater and then he passes out. Or whatever he falls asleep and then he ends up seeing the whole chasing freddie the parents chasing that him was into the awesome. building and burning it and shit like yeah, yeah that was and cool that was one. awesome it, yeah. it kind of that scene did kind of confuse me though a little bit why quentin was the one that that was revealed to and right. why freddie was messing with uh, if that was freddie's doing to yeah. tell him or that or was he having a revelation of like this is what happened yeah. You know what I mean? That, that kind of confused me because, like, every other dream was a torture, you know, Freddy's chasing you dream, and then this one was the – why was it that? Why yeah, was, why was thing it I, a dream that was revelation? I guess I assumed just because his dad was kind of the, the ringleader of that whole lynch mob. Yeah. You know? Well, remember in the original, it was Nancy's mom who kind of told the backstory. Right, She right. took him to the thing and, and showed the claw, and yeah. she told him, like, you know, he was a bad man, and we got together, and we did our thing. So in this version, we got – Again, Quentin um, is one of the main characters. He didn't, you know, he didn't get killed off by Glenn because I, I could, I assume though, there's that was the Glenn character in this movie. Uh, right, right. So again, it's like it's a little weird to me that to, that that transition. I was like, why yeah. was he revealed that in his dream, 
or was it something that was like again that's because there's powers going on where this guy can haunt you in the dreams maybe quinn tapped into something where freddie didn't want anybody to see i don't sure, know sure but it, also it, it, it was quinn had a really cool um scene too where he actually uh, saw that, went and confronted his dad and everything and said that you guys killed an innocent man. Right. Right. And that was kind of like, oh, my God, is that a twist that we're going like? Oh, is this something where we're going where the the uh, towns, the 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 town thought that Freddie was this child molester and did everything. Right. Because the kids told a lie. Yeah. yeah. And then they burned him. And then because of revenge, Freddie's haunting and killing him. So I'm thinking, OK. Is that how this remake is going? But yeah, no, it is. Freddy's just a bad man all around. He did horrible things. Yeah, they killed him, and he's still and he's still doing horrible things. So it was it was kind of a cool um, spin where they they mm -hmm. threw you for that loop where you're like, yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way, and I'm like, because I was trying to remember how it went, because I had seen like bits and pieces of the movie, but I don't think I ever saw the whole thing from beginning to end. Right. Uh, it was one. That was this was really like the first time I watched this all the way through because I would see it like okay, on yeah. AMC during October. Yeah. Watch like right, right. two thirds of it or something. But if it was up to me, I'd watch the original, hands down. Yeah, yeah. But this, so this is I, just something that was out. There. Yeah. I, I was I was trying to remember, and I'm like, well, wait, did did the kids actually lie or did he actually fuck with the kids or I couldn't remember. And then they like immediately go into the the whole thing so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it was it was a little bit of a twist like it got me on the edge of my seat a little bit sitting there going wow that's a that would be that see that would make sense to me a little bit right right meaning that they killed him on accident or uh an innocent man now he's getting his revenge mm -hmm. on the kids that told a lie and i'm right. thinking because you know because you go back into the original right and compare and contrast these two is uh freddie was the child molester Oh, it, right. it's not even compared. It's the it's the real thing. He was a child molester. The kids killed him, or the parents killed him, and he came back to kill everything. So, like the the parents never got an upper hand on this guy at ever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And having a twist like that would have made sense in a, I guess, a grand story. Right. You know. You know Which what I, I mean? guess that, Instead of just uh, yeah. Oh, I I was gonna say that could lead us into uh, the only character left in the movie to talk about, which would be Freddy. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I think you know we didn't spend very long on these other characters, but there's really nothing there. I mean, they're kind of no. There's not. <laughs> that was that was one of the things too. Is once we even, I almost liked the Chris character better. Mm -hmm. Like she was more passionate because then once we get to Nancy, like she's kind of just bland and like doesn't have great uh, demonstrative emotion and and no, doesn't it was... seem as scared or whatever. Like, so I mean, that was kind of yeah. It, it felt a little rushed on their revelation of, oh, we're all having the same dream. They put two and two together really fast. Mm -hmm. um, Chris died. The way she died was kind of cool because it was mimicking the Tina character. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she was wearing the football jersey, which was cool, too. It was a little good throwback. Yeah. Um, yeah also, the body bag scene. Okay. Yeah. Now, in the original, the body bag scene was so impactful to me. It was, it was scary as shit. Yeah. <laughs> First off, it was really and short she was in this the, movie. It was just a, um, uh, to me, it was like an homage. It was like they threw it in there just because she's in the uh, end of the hall mm -hmm. in the body bag, and then it just. I was like, wait a second. There was a reason why it was in the first one or the original. It was to draw Nancy out and the no running in the hall scene. Mm -hmm. So there was that whole, you know, there was a dynamic there, and it really set up some really eeriness scenes in the original, which this film to me lacked a lot of. Uh, um, 
scary moments or even visual scary moments. Right. You know? So, uh, I think you had alluded to before that you had some issues with, uh, mm. our, our reimagined version of Freddy. Our hero Freddy. Yes. <laughs> um, it wasn't his look. The look was fine because what they did is they approached the look of Freddy as a real burn victim. You know, what he would, what a burn victim, you know, looks like and sure. horror him up. You know what I mean? So that look wasn't bothering me. Now, the only thing Freddy, I'll, I'll just add with the look. Go ahead. Um, I didn't yeah. think that he looked bad. The only thing I didn't like was that uh, the, the way the prosthetics were or whatever, it took away from the ability to show as much emotion as the original oh, one yeah. did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't have a problem with the way he looked. I just wish that we could have got more facial expression out of it. I, I think I, so too. And I couldn't tell yeah. at times if they were like CGIing his face makeup. Like sometimes it almost looked fake. Right. Um, I might have just was, been watching on so the computer weird. screen, but it it was definitely yeah. It was definitely strange, but yeah, the look yeah, wasn't it, the biggest issue. No, absolutely not. Now, the one thing that I noticed right away was Freddie's voice. In this, it was. <sighs> Very to me, it just it never changed. It was very monotone, you know. Yes. Uh, just always creepy and always, and he never laughed in this one. I I don't remember him laughing, and they had that Freddy Krueger laugh that every you know that's almost iconic these days. Um, and he didn't do anything spectacular in the dream sequences as the original, like you know, expanding his arms out and and just free, you know running weird and just like jumps you know like the way he was in the first one and then he of course cracking jokes of the no running in the halls and turning into people he never turned into somebody mm -hmm. either right, um, right. you know what i mean so and, and, I, and i missed that i missed that in this film i was waiting for something like that they took a real right uh, i think a more serious approach maybe to freddy krueger as uh, you know he's coming back and he's a monster and he's a he's a and a uh they've taken the child molester thing to another level in this movie right right which in the original it was lost it was just a myth it was just his past and now he's this guy who haunts you in the dreams and kills you and they made a uh, it eventually became a ongoing joke you know how Freddy, how how he's gonna kill you was like oh how are we gonna kill this person mm -hmm. and this one every kill was almost the same yeah uh, it was it was very undynamic in a way that like I said as a standalone movie this might have worked. But is a Freddy Krueger franchise and everything that's embedded in our minds about Freddy and how he was and just made him a household name, if you will. This Freddy doesn't do that. You can't take this Freddy and put him in a household name. He's he's a little bit more disturbing, a little more real, especially in the scene where him and Nancy and he's like, I have you here forever because uh, they introduced the, the, the theory of deprivation that eventually you're in a coma and you're trapped in your dreams forever. And that's how Freddy wanted Nancy, which kind of cool. Right, right. Um, that was a cool twist because that's like I can have you here forever. But, you know, he was sitting there almost doing he was going to molest her again in the dream in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just felt like, ah, I mean, I know Freddy's history. Again, guys, this is all movie. I know it. I know it's fake. But I put a little more effort into my in my characters. But, um, you know, so to have. Him, yeah, go ahead. Oh, um, I actually it's funny you mentioned about the laugh because. Yeah. At one point, I put that his laugh was fucking stupid as fuck. It was like, I don't remember which character it was. He was like face to face with somebody, and he says a hmm. line, and he delivers the laugh, and he just goes, ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? 
but that then, was the one thing that I noticed was this vocal. It was all monotone. He had no emotion, not even in his voice or anything. Right. But then later, when they did more of the ambient laugh, where it was played over the top as an echo, where you don't see him, right. it was a lot better. So I don't know if maybe Jackie Earl Haley just couldn't do the laugh. And so when they had other scenes, they were using somebody else. Oh, I see. And just you know playing it over the top, but... Still, I don't know why they couldn't fix it up with him doing it. There was like times where it was shitty and yeah. times where it was good. Um, well, it's kind of iconic, you know that that laugh, that echoey chamber mm-hmm. laugh that Freddie has. It's kind of iconic, and I would think that if you're doing a remake of the movie, that's the way to pay homage to right. the original. One um, of the things that kept pissing me off was um, whenever they would do some kind of a scare, uh, particularly with the dreams and stuff, mm. they would they would throw that like super hard noise stinger in at the same time so it's like it's it's like an audible jump scare in addition to whatever they're trying to do of course yeah and it's like it's fine a few times but then it just started to feel cheap to me where it was like god another fucking stinger scare oh another fucking stinger scare like it just kept happening over and over and the dreams were good because they were it, it did a good job of like tricking you where you're like oh is this really no wait it's a dream oh sh- oh wait oh, is sh- this really no wait it's a dream that's one thing i miss about the nightmare on the street series uh franchise itself was the whole is yeah you're right like you're guessing okay this is a dream so right or is this you know like when are they gonna wake up and then when they do wake up they're still in the dream sometimes so yeah. i miss that yeah and sometimes the effects were good and sometimes they were not great mm-hmm. uh the one that was like it was computer effects but i really liked it just looked cool was um i think it was when chris was sitting in the classroom and then she obviously fell asleep and it finds herself in a dream and then the whole classroom like shatters and then it just turns right. super gray and dark yeah yeah and i was like wow that looked really cool no uh, that was cool like i said the, the updated graphics on it it was neat it was kind of cool you know um, yeah yeah the, um, I just wish they were. I mean, I know you're trying. I know they were trying to get away from the maybe the get away from the gimmicky stuff, and and sometimes it works. And like the original worked well, they, really, really good. Yeah, they they definitely stripped away a lot of the humor, or or even. I mean, the first one isn't known for the humor, but it's still. It had it had its moments. It right? still was cheeky enough for yeah or um, you know what? Well, the, like it I said, Freddy turning into people. You know, right. like. Uh, like the no running in the halls lady and she was wearing the, the you know she had say it was a person but she had the knives and the sweater the yeah. teacher you know it, it's stuff like that where it, i was waiting for stuff like that where you think it's a dream and they're interacting with people and it's really freddy yeah yeah and a, so a lot of a lot of times yeah. they um they would throw those kinds of things in which is cool but then um um they they obviously changed this freddy and they they wanted to make it more of a mean spirit i feel like and that's yeah. why they they went way further with the child molesting backstory, but even yeah. like the, and, the, uh, the yeah. Freddy himself, like he he was like super rapey to me. I don't he have was. any other way to put it. <laughs> My one note says this Freddy is way more rapey, comma way more. Yeah, I, like I don't remember I said, the exact scene, scene but I was just like, oh my god, he is so rapey. He is. I mean, I was kind of getting uncomfortable. He put he put Nancy in the in the schoolgirl dress again, and he yeah. was about to molest her. And I was sitting there going, "Oh man!" I mean, I I get it. I get what Freddy Krueger is. I already you know it's mm-hmm. not shocking. <laughs> well, it's I, I think this gets into the thing that we've already been talking about a bunch yeah. with 
is it is it better to see it or better to know it right and, and i'm always always like honestly um to me personally i love the fact of is just knowing and being there in the background right i don't want to see every well i think there's everything a about something there's a time for it like when you're watching yeah, a is. movie that's about showing you that kind of shit like when you're watching yeah you know hatchet or something where it's right it's about showing you somebody getting a belt sander taken to their face right. and you're like oh right. that's some fucking dark shit but it's also yeah. kind of cool right but then you know it's it's this uh, desire to turn these things into the more mean-spirited thing that it kind of gets lost i think especially with nightmare to me like mm -hmm. it it does it did sort of suck a lot of the fun out of it it did it, it, the color palette was dull also there was not a lot of flames and reds and, and yeah, you know what I mean like it started uh, out much more warm and then at some yeah. point because I, I one of my first notes is I was like wow this has a really cool kind of warm mm -hmm. red orange sort of tone to it and then at, at some point I was like it just went away yeah. I was like wait why it's been blue like the whole movie what the fuck <laughs> yeah like the broiler room didn't come to play until the end of the film um which I, I love the original when they kept referencing the broiler room and they kept referencing the guy with knives. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I just missed that in this movie. There wasn't enough marination with the with the characters talking about the revelation of they're all having the same dreams and they're all haunted by right. the same dreams. And also, because they always like, right away, well, if he kills you, you're dead in real life. And yeah. we all know this and we move forward. And, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I are we supposed to know exactly like... um. I guess going into this film, are we just supposed to know this is just a reimagining, or they are they really trying to revitalize the character? That's mm -hmm. what you have to ask yourself. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that a lot of times it's just a notion of here is an updated version, someone else's vision of of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm -hmm. and they did get some things right. Like I said, the backstory stuff right. um, of actually showing Freddy with as a gardener in the preschool. And how he would lure the kids into his room, and then he had uh, taken a liking to Nancy, and Nancy was his favorite. And you know, and there was the broiler room that was attached to it. You know, that was kind of cool. I liked seeing that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, especially Freddy as a human, or non-burnt. Sure, sure. Or, I call him Rorschach. He, Freddy as Rorschach, because that's the same character played <laughs> <Right>. Rorschach. <laughs> um, the, he did great, by the way, too. Yeah, it, it, it's um. It definitely went weird where they they went back to go try and find out more and then mm -hmm. they like found the hidden room where there was all his you know his pictures Devices. that he had yeah. hidden and stuff and like um, they found basically his rape dungeon right um, and then I, the, the, I was kind of like because he focused so much on Nancy and I, I was I don't know why but I was wondering like did he fuck with all of the kids or just her like well, it made it the... seem like they fucked with the other kids but did yeah he, did he like diddle the boys too or well it, it got a sense of like when they were doing <laughs> that flashback like yeah right it, i got a sense of like the kids he would lure them in and show them things and he would pick and choose i don't know if he molested all of them right because in this there was a scene in there that some of the kids were actually happy to go with him Right. And coming out of it, like, he's a cool guy. Like, Freddy Krueger was, was cool. And so it was, yeah, it, did he pick and choose? Like I said, Nancy was his favorite. Right. And then when she found the Polaroids of all the stuff, you know, when Quentin found the Polaroids, that was all about Nancy and what right. he was doing to her. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and that's when I was like, well, was it all of the kids? Because they all seemed like they had some sort of trauma by him. Amnesia or something, right? Like yeah. uh, they forgot about the past, and that, so yeah, it, it was um, it wasn't explained well, I guess. Yeah, because again, also, there were some scenes where everybody was happy. And I also then, questioned yeah. the amnesia aspect. I was like, how right. did he get the? Like, how did they all not remember anything at all about it? I yeah, like, like all of was, them. I feel like that was significant <laughs> that they just kind of glossed well, over the fact that, that out, everybody yeah. didn't remember. Like they couldn't have well, showed a hypnotism scene or something. <laughs> <laughs> you drink this um yeah. yeah like like nancy's mom who wasn't an alcoholic you know she was just nothing she had, like nancy's mom in the original was a actually uh polarizing character she was an alcoholic she, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. uh very protective and trying to get nancy to fall asleep and all these things and here she was just there so right. she, but she did tell she is the one who called says she's remembering you know she's remembering so maybe yeah, they yeah. Maybe the parents had all the kids hypnotized at to forget about their trauma. You know what I mean? So. Or they had Will Smith came out with the flashy blue light thing. Made <laughs> yeah, them all the flashy forget. blue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He exactly. told the parents put their glasses on, and then he. <laughs> I he wouldn't doubt them it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just mix in whatever shit they want into this movie. Right. Exactly. Uh, I was I was expecting the scenes, the the kill scenes. Right, um, right. Like I said, with what they did with Chris, who altered, you know, who actually played Tina in the original, and mm-hmm. her scene was really cool. How she was, you know, flung all over the room and slashed right. and all that stuff. That was I. I think I would like that better than the original. So that's something I like better. Yeah, that was um, an awesome scene. Yeah, I was just waiting for that body bag scene, though. Honestly, that that really disturbed me, uh-huh. and they didn't do it right in this one. Like it was just there, but it, to me, it was like I said, it was more of a homage. And I think they could have done a lot more scarier things, meaning no more like stop with the jump scares and get into the psychologically scary stuff. You know, someone sitting next to you with a body bag, t- calling your name, and, and you know, inside of blood. That's scary shit to me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, well, and they, and they, they tried. They tried. Oh, they did the thing again with um, that Nancy figured out that she could bring him out because she got like a piece of his sweater or something. Exactly. That she brought exactly. back out, and, and so they was... figured that out again. And then they recreated yeah, so the that was... thing where fucking Quentin is supposed to wake her up and he falls asleep like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she gets they stuck did that. in there. They didn't set up um, traps really, like they did. No, in the last I was waiting. <laughs> I was ready for the AT montage yeah. of. Them setting up traps like the original, which I thought it was cheesy. Um, also, what did you think about, like, do you think the ending of this film should have been different than the first, the original? Like, I didn't like the rich, like, the whole thing where everything, all her friends are back and everything's all back to normal. And then Freddy sucks the mom out through the door, or, you know, grabs the mom through the door. Right. They mimic that in this film. Yeah, they did it with, like, the mirror instead. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, the mirror world or whatever. But, uh, was it, I um... don't know. I, I'm trying to remember at the end if all of her friends were alive again. Not on this one. Okay. It was just her. Yeah, and uh, I, I and mean, I, I like. Oh, man. I liked that everyone stayed dead. I guess it's it's kind of the thing with Freddy is like, can you really kill him? So yeah. when they killed him, and then they kind of go back around to like, well, he's not really dead. Right. So that's well, always that's sort of been his like... thing, right? Like that he can't actually die. Well, sure, and that, and that's what um, I was thinking. Like, if this was a standalone remake, like this, we're not going to make a Revenge of Freddy, right. you know, Freddy's Revenge a remake and stuff. If this was a standalone, then this was a, per- a perfect opportunity to to tell a standalone film. Meaning, you you're 
you're mimicking the original, mm-hmm. but the ending remains as a permanent end. Right. Meaning she got it. She brought him out of the dream and mm-hmm. killed him. See, to me, that is like, okay, that's a bookend. There's not going to be any more. This is something that was a freak thing that happened. And this was the opportunity to close it. And yes, because the original didn't do that in to yeah. more films, they left it open like that. I get that. But to me, I'm like, well, if I was going to make original, I would close it and, and kill him. Kill the bad guy at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess I didn't think of that because I yeah. I just sort of assumed that that's like one of those. I wonder how people feel about that. Like, mm-hmm. like say they would have done that and they killed him at the end. Would people have reacted negatively to that? Or sure. Would they? If it was if it was something it was that okay. they're rebooting the franchise, I I get it. Um, yeah. Or maybe there was a little glimpse of something that Freddie, you know, I don't know. Sure, like, sure. And, like she was having a dream and then someone had, you know, there was a set of knives that resembled the, the gloves that just a, right. just a hint that, oh, it's a possibility that he's not dead. Instead of really like, you know, no, he's not dead. Not everything. The whole movie is a waste. Um, yeah. And that was and that was like my problem with the original, too, is how he came back, because the second one, he came back way different as you know, possessing somebody. So. You didn't need that scene anyway in the original, <laughs> you know. But again, I assume that was a dream too. Yeah, the you know, I, I assume the original she was in a dream where all her friends were back. I do think that the mirror, uh, the mirror scene looked a little bit better than in the original, pulling the fucking blow up doll through oh, the yeah. door. <laughs> exactly. But... <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm that's... okay with it. Yeah, but I'm just wondering why they wouldn't just finalize it as a as a re. A remake instead of a reboot. Right, that's actually interesting. I I think um, I might put that. That might be something I could put up as a poll in our Facebook group. Yeah, I'm, that'd be see cool what people because think, I like. Yeah, exactly. And and put and should they have left Freddy actually? Should they have actually killed Freddy, or would right. that have pissed you off if they actually? Because I think some people might feel like, well, that's stupid. If they killed Freddy, you can't kill Freddy. You know, and some people might think kind of along the lines of what you're thinking you know i do because because here's my reasoning behind that is that i never assume remakes as canon okay uh if i have a franchise of mm-hmm. nine movies or eight movies the remake is just the revisioning of the character itself and if they ever made a nightmare on Elm street part nine where it says part nine on it mm-hmm. um that would be the continuation of how he came back on blah blah sure all that stuff. sure so so again, you can tell a different story and call it Nightmare on Elm Street and have it a standalone movie by itself. Right. No, I agree. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's if there's a whole lot more to cover about this. I mean, we we I don't know if we want to get into uh, a uh, final thoughts and ratings about it. Um, sure. We we, I, yeah, we can. We can compare too much else. Um, um, again, we didn't want to get too much into i think this is something where uh you can't really like compare this to say star wars ninth movie because right. um i mean obviously star wars is all about sort of retelling their own story with different characters this is retelling its own story with different characters i guess but yeah yeah exactly like um star wars every episode is a continuation chapter moving the story along right. so you'll have new characters old characters but this one like um because it's a remake it's it is uh like i'll I'll give you my final thoughts and a score on it no problem um Mm -hmm. i think that this is twofold okay so i i love the fact that we got 
more of Freddy's backstory and how they showed it and how yeah. it was that little twist of doing something different. Meaning, was he really innocent? And you know, evidently, no, he wasn't. He was he was a bad he was a bastard. So, um, but given that little glimpse of it without going too much, like again, I'm all about not showing all of it, but getting little tidbits of information. I thought they did a really good job at that. Now, the characters, like you said, you know, were the background care, everybody else, Nancy, uh, everybody else going forward was almost like a, a, a chore to get through. I was a chore to get through their scenes. And I don't think it was acting. I think it was just they didn't give enough time for the story to marinate like the original. Thing. Right. They're insignificant. It really did. Yeah, because it started off with a dream. You know what I mean? And and it had this whole thing about, you know, th this guy and, and the re the revelations of Freddy being in everybody's dream and, ha and how they discovered it was different. So I, th I think I liked it better in the original. Um, right. If I would, if I were to recommend these two, you know, like original and to a remake, I would definitely tell people no, go watch the original because it's actually a lot more scarier. The the tones of it, the sound of it, you know, the, even like Freddy's laughter and the, and the shadowing um, when he cuts his fingers off, you know, what I mean? all those things. It's it's like iconic at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would tell them the remake. You're not gonna get a much. You're not gonna get much out of it. I don't even think it's gonna scare you. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like the original a lot better. Right. What? Does uh, it be hard with remakes and not like the original better anyway? Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, what? What did you say your score was? Um. Honestly, I'd probably give it a six. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll start with my score just to get that out of the way. Okay. Is yeah. uh, hold on one sec. Move my paper, but not bump my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I just broke the fourth wall. <laughs> um, it happens. So I um, I have it at a six point five, but ironically okay. I wrote down a seven, and then as we talked more, I've, I was able to poke sort of more holes into it. And felt right. like I wanted to knock it down just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I put so I think I think this remake suffers from not having strong characters, which mm. a nightmare movie really needs since we spend so much time in reality and Freddy is really more of a secondary character. Right. Uh, you know, as opposed to some slasher movies or whatever, the character might be more out in your in your face, but. He's really just in these small doses. He pops in and pops out. Um, at least until the end, he's much more present. But, yeah. you know, we spend so much time with these people, and there's so many, and they're so spread out, and you just end up really not fucking caring about any of them. Right. You just want to get to Freddy. Right. Um, so if this movie is separated from the legacy, it's actually pretty good. Like, if this was the first ever Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and that other yes. shit didn't exist before, I would say it's, it's a pretty good movie, but... Mm. I don't think that the Freddy character is is uh, betrayed by having a darker past and a darker tone, mm -hmm. but it's not a good look for him. Uh, you know, I prefer the slightly more campy version of him and the, a little yeah. bit less creepy and rapey. Again, it's it's not <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Like like you said, we know that that shit is there with Freddy, but yeah, uh, we're not like beat over the head with it like it's again it's felt ham-fisted i guess yeah um so it's it's not a horrible version of him but and uh, i think i'd mentioned before 
I, I put that I don't like the way that the face lacks emotion and change, and it's just kind of this monotone facial emotion, mm -hmm. but also monotone speech pattern too, like you pointed out. Yeah. Um, so the uh, nothing against the actor, but it just doesn't sell for me the way that it's all put together. Um, Nancy is way less emotional and too straight-faced the whole time, or the other Nancy was kind of almost clowned for like overacting. Right. <laughs> but in hindsight, it, it works for that movie, yeah. you know. So. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there was no phone tongue. I mean. Right. Right. Come on. <laughs> uh, we did get the we did get the bathtub pussy claw scene though. We did, we did. And that was a direct, like I said, a direct homage. Yeah, that was great. Um, that's I don't the pussy claw. <laughs> I don't feel like the story is bad, but it does have right. a few missteps, uh, including spending very little time with the main character early in the film. Right. Uh, it relies too heavily on quick cuts and stinger scares, and CGI it drags out some of the long, intense scenes too much, um, or the less intense scenes too much. I mean. Uh, still, I enjoy it. I would probably watch it again someday, but I'm not in a hurry to. And so right. That, that landed me at kind of the 6.5 there. Yeah, I don't think I would go out of my way to watch it. I would, if it was on TV, maybe, or I would probably just nah. I'd rather watch the original and just skip it all together. Right. I I would rewatch it to like show it to my son because he's never seen it, but. Right. I think if it's on a if it's on a list to like, you know, oh, I got to see it, you know, to like a like a checkoff list to see it because you've seen it. I would say, yeah, I definitely see it. Right. Uh, right. Just to say you have. But there's not you're not you're not going to, you know, talk to parties of this movie. Right. Right. Uh, that's good. So uh, I think as far as a ninth movie in the franchise, it's definitely not the worst one that we've seen. Oh, no. Right. Right. Uh, right. Which no, no, it's not. Which it's nobody not. is arguing that about Star Wars either. Even the people that don't like Last Jedi are still not saying that it's better than, or it's not worse than Phantom Menace or, <laughs> or um, what the hell was? That's the, the thing. I don't even remember the second one. It was so bad. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... People see Attack of the Clones as a zero. Like a lot of people say that is the worst <laughs> one. You know. I think I only watched it once, and I was I was just bored and was like. Yeah. This, on paper, uh, the prequels work very, very well, but on film, it was just a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good. So it's uh, it's definitely better than Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely it's not the worst in the Nightmare on Elm Street's franchise either. I would say. Right. It goes Attack of the Clones, Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, and then Phantom Menace. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's funny. Yeah. Um, all right, well, why don't we take another break uh, before we get into Halloween? Yes. And um, that will be our last movie, and we'll wrap things up from there. Cool. Then after the fact, we can actually get into real Star Wars talk. Yeah. So, all right.
and eight. Candy packed and eight. Smoky eight. Smoky eight. It was Halloween night when he walked right past with that long shot knife. Got a scary white man. You can call me a liar, but I just seen the last night. Me and Mike hit the street with the mean sweet tooth. We were dressed to a T in our Halloween suits. Dad said we had to be home before eight. But me and Mike decided we were staying out late. It was 9 p.m. Mom was calling me again. I said, Mike, don't she understand we're grown man? Then I ran into his chest and my brain felt pain. You already know his name. It's that dumb jerk James. I stepped back and I waved my lightsaber. And James pointed over at my pack of lightsabers. I said, no, James, you ain't getting those. And if you try to take them, I'ma break your freaking nose. Quit playing, James. I ain't even scared. Mike said, that ain't James, bro. James is over there. I said, you're right, and there's Big Blue. So if that's them, then who are you? Hi, it's you. Happy Halloween. It's me and Moneymaker Mike back upon the scene with all of the world. Candy you can eat. Candy back to eat. Smoky eat. Smoky eat. It was Halloween night when he walked right past with that long shot snap. We climbed up in here and I pulled the door shut. We walked to the front and we peeped out of the window. Nothing but the black night, no side of the sicko. And suddenly I seen him, he was gonna spill our guts. I was praying for my life as he walked past the bus. But then my lightsaber fell over right next to me. Crashed on the ground and it lit up like a Christmas tree. It was so bright, lying on the ground. Mike Myers must have heard it cause he stopped to turn around. He walked over and he peeked through the door and see my lightsaber shining brightly on the the door swing open we were filled up with so much fear we were frozen then mike myers climbed up onto the bus me and mike were both trapped he was gonna butcher us hi you happy halloween it's me and money maker mike back up on the same with all of the world candy you can eat candy back to eat smoky eat smoke for it was halloween night when he walked right past with that long shot snack from the bus then we ran up to the school but the doors were locked shut i told mike hurry go and get some help i'll be fine here on my own i can't fight this through myself then mike ran out into the night i told mike myers dog you ain't very bright don't you know that you're messing with your life you don't bring no knife to a lightsaber fight then i got that big old knife right out of his hands i can't even lie i was feeling like the man then he pulled a lightsaber right out of his coverall swung it against my arm and
Alright, we're back, and we're going to discuss our last movie, uh, sort of, last yep. movie for the night, uh, which is going to be Halloween from 2007, uh, also the ninth movie in the Halloween franchise. Yes. Uh, this one is, um, so right off the bat to me, this one stuck out as sort of a parallel with this recent Star Wars movie because I feel like this movie is super divisive as well where mm, there's okay. a, a large group of people that that love this movie and there's a large group of people that hate this movie right um, and that's why it made me think of that because at least initially Last Jedi was kind of having that um, you know a bunch of people oh, are like I hate this and a bunch of people love it yeah the debate still continues it's on it's on fire and right, um right. I think you're right on this because this is one of those, like, this is the Rob Zombie Halloween remake, and the first time I saw it, I wasn't thrilled with it okay. at all. But the second time I saw it, I, li I liked it a lot. Right, um, right. But, but, I, but I also liked aspects of it also. Mm -hmm. um, I think with this being a Rob Zombie film and you've seen his other films prior to this, you kind of knew what you were getting into because Rob Zombie does not hold any punches when it comes to... Um, very disturbing imagery, very, uh, I guess, opposite of a good family home atmosphere. He sure. really delves into the psyche on a lot of things, gritty, raw. If, if anything, it's, it's a raw movie. Yes. And I was excited to hear that Rob Zombie was making this, but also kind of bummed out that he was actually remaking something rather than doing something original. Okay. You know, um, but again, you know, the opportunity came to make it and he jumped at it. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I I feel the same about a lot of that. Um, I I think it's tough because uh, again, Halloween even more than Nightmare on Elm Street is such a beloved franchise to people. I mean, so yeah. many people would have this as one of their favorite slasher movies or their favorite horror mm -hmm. movies or their favorite of all time any kind of movies. So it's it's a uh, it's a really sacred thing to people that yeah. I think you get into something like this movie where it does really complicate the backstory like the last movie where it took it to a next level and it, it mm -hmm. you know, took all the dials and turned them up to like 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that there is a lot of good in this one. There's, there's stuff there that works. Right. And there's stuff that it, it could have expanded upon to, to make it work uh, that could have also been done differently. I, I think you had sort of said that. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think the first time I saw it, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, and then as I kind of started to pick some of it apart, I, I see the flaws in it. But in a way, it, I don't know, it almost... I definitely have my issues with it, which we'll get into. Sure. But um, I, sure, I think overall, I I ended up really liking this one a lot. Yeah. After watching it probably four or five times now. Right. So and, uh, it's definitely two movies in one. Right. 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 That's fair to say. Now. So that's okay. yeah. That's where it's different is that it's it's a remake with a massive expansion because the whole first half of the movie isn't remaking shit. It's like a prequel. Right. Well, and, and it's different tones. I mean, if it's um, mm -hmm. if you want to compare it to how we do things with color palettes and, and everything else, right? Right. Uh, the 
first half of the film is a complete different color palette, complete different movie. Second half of the film is the Halloween remake. Right. And it's almost to a T, mm -hmm. the Halloween remake part of it. How the feel, the kills, right. the jump scares, everything was like oh, really good in that. Yes. Now, yes. the first half, I would have loved to see a full feature of just the first half. Right. And just at the and just the boy just happened to be Michael Myers, if yeah. that makes sense. Well, you know, going through that, yeah, going through the household trauma, going through the sadistic nature, the psych, you know, psychotic nature of the kid killing animals and then moving up to humans. Yes. Um, the bullying, and that would have been a good movie. And at the very end, you call him Michael Myers. That's that would have been a cool. Right. Yes, you would call it a prequel, right? But so basically, it would be uh, it would be Leatherface. Right. That I was mean, just yeah. talking about earlier. Exactly. It, it, that, that, that's, but that's what, um, because it's broken up into two movies, I felt like yes. when I got into the second half, I was, I forgot about the first. I forgot about when he was a kid. I And I was just engulfed in what he was doing. And I had to remind myself, yeah. oh, wait a second. Yeah, that was the same movie I was just watching 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You know, um, well, and that I, was the kind of the hard trans transaction. It is because you, you have to see it a couple times, I feel like. Yeah. Because there's so much, like, jammed into it, being two mm -hmm. movies in two hours. It would have worked if it was flashbacks, That uh, I think. Yeah, like, by the time you get to the second half, I almost kind of feel worn down, and they, they kind of start doing yeah. the the grown-up Michael and the older Loomis and stuff, and you're like, all right, here we go, but then it's like, you're almost worn down from the first half because it's so heavy. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, and then when you get into the Halloween aspect, you know, the gray jumpsuit, white mask um, and the hunting on Laurie Strode and you kind of forgot that you just watched an hour of him as a child. Right. So to me, if it was where it right into, uh, you know, right into the everything, go, you know, hunting uh, Laurie down like like the first film, like the original film. And yeah. then we got snippets going back and intertwined with each other i think that would have made to me a more immersive experience in a, in this kind of remake and right, it would right. have been a, a different film altogether right so why don't we talk about the first movie then <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so the first half um this you know this wasn't really told in any of the halloween movies or anything right um the most that we ever got of michael myers as a kid is in the very first movie they showed him you know, stab his sister through the eyes of the clown mask and standing out in front of the house perfect. and the parents so, so come home. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there was so much mystery behind that and reason why. Right, right. And that's where you get into the trouble of showing the transition between what his home life was, sure. how he tra how he did this thing. Now, yeah, you're right. Like I said, the first film did a very good, and the, that's why the intro of that film is classic to the, right. you know, but so standing uh, out there and take the clown mask off. Yeah. I, I guess you know if, if anybody, if anyone's listening to us talk about this movie and hasn't seen it and they don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know we go through this whole thing with I think Michael's supposed to be like ten years old. Mm-hmm. Ten. And yep. um, he's, I guess, fairly normal at that point. Like he's still talking and. Right. He, you know lives uh, a kid's life but then they show that he has this really shitty family this, like, super super white trash and the stepdad is a total fuck bag and yeah um and verbally it, abusive threatening yeah. yeah and then they they get into uh more of michael's character where they show that he's like 
starting to kill animals and stuff and he's getting bullied and he kills the kid that bullies him and stuff um and that ends up leading to him murdering his family and not just his sister well his stepdad and the boyfriend and the sister right uh, but so this time especially watching it I, I felt like some of these things there was like there was some some low-key stuff in this that was sort of covered up by other things mm-hmm. um, like for one thing they they really overshadow the fact that he was going to be a serial killer or, or yeah. had this tendency either way by adding this shitty home life yeah. backstory yeah. and I, I think so I guess I'll just get right into what I would have rather had out of this part of it is sure I have my thoughts too on th- it yeah that I'm okay with they tell this story or they show this part of it but I would have liked it better if he just had like a moderate normal family right. but he's yeah. a kid that's like killing animals and maybe like his mom's kind of in denial or something uh, the, the fact that they made his family so <laughs> bad yeah it's almost right. like, well, no wonder he became crazy. <laughs> exactly, it's and, very, it's very typical. It's and, like, and it became predictable more about the fact that his family was fucked up than about the fact that he was fucked up. And yeah. they don't really, you know, they show Talked like his environment. Well, they yeah. show that he's like he's wearing the mask to like kind of hide himself, and yeah. then when he kills the bully, he like takes the mask off and he starts to almost feel uh, a moment of humanity, and then he puts the mask on and he fucking caves the skull in. Um, you know, he he kills everyone in the house and he puts the mask on to kind of hide himself again and and shield himself. That's the one aspect I did like about that trend, Mm -hmm. that whole thing about him hiding with them and the whole aspect of him growing up and then like getting lost within himself in his own head. And the mask is the cover up Like he doesn't want anybody to see him. Yeah. Well, and and then again, like low key, they kind of show one of the more brutal kills is when he kills the girl's boyfriend and yeah. he just, you know, hits him over and over and over again with the aluminum baseball bat in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that kid had nothing to do with treating him shitty. Right. So it's it's kind of like this hidden thing like, well, yeah, of course he killed the stepdad and his sister was a little bitch and like the kid was yeah. bullying him, but he fucking destroyed this guy and he didn't do anything wrong to him. So Did, Yeah, so it wasn't more of a he's going to kill his environment it was or uh, you know people that are mean to him it was setting up the fact that anything in his path which we'll see when he gets older right into the mental asylum or the asylum where he killed the janitor right you know um and and he was like i was good to you and and michael was just uh, so it was i think it was uh he was setting that up like rob zombie was setting that up where he yes he was killing the people in his life that that made him miserable but pretty much anybody who got in his way also yeah except um, except for I, the, I like the baby s- sister he didn't do anything to her right and that's yeah exactly and that was the whole premise of the original film of him coming home to finish the job right right and um this one it kind of was like i'm gonna come home and for some reason like protect the the baby right like because there was a moment there with the picture but we'll get into that in the, on part b right <laughs> of the second film right. um so you have ever um, read Jeffrey Dahmer's book, like like he wrote a book on how he grew up and his transition to killing. Okay. Like he came from a very normal normal uh, family. Yes, divorced, but not abused, not verbally abused. There was no drugs. His dad drank, but never you know it never affected him. 
Right. And the way Jeffrey Dahmer started doing is he was very intrigued about, you know, killing animals and cats and, and whatever. And then the fantasy grew and grew and grew until what he would he wanted to see what insides of a human look like and and eventually he he acted upon it. Now that's scary, right? Because you don't that's could be anybody. That could be your neighbor, that could be anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if John Carpenter originally wrote Michael Myers as that psychopathic serial killer tendencies right. um, or or was it something that he just snapped as a kid and killed his parent uh, or his, his sister mm -hmm. and they put him away and he comes back to finish the job kind of stuff that was the to me that was the sense of Halloween right it was the boogeyman you know and it was but he was after his own family now I think like you're you, you hit it on the head where it's so atypical that Somebody that comes from that abusive of a relationship, yeah, he's gonna snap one day. Um, what, what Rob Zombie wrote is a kid is that is just abused, verbally abused in a in a shit environment. He's gonna snap, bully, whatever, and he end up killing. I would have liked to see a more of a gradual, you know, graduation to that. Right. Um, and then of also, yeah, you're right, like a little bit normal household because that gets that puts the psychopathic. Uh, tendency in the kid because Loomis through the film right. was trying to study him and write this book on psychopaths. Right. I'm like, but he never ever mentioned in the film that this kid grew up sh in a shithole and right. he probably was abused like crazy. You know, he never came up with that fact. It was just that look into these eyes, either the eyes of a soulless kid that don't care. But there's, but it's like what us as a viewer, we know like, you know, of course, why not? Look at it. Look how he grew up. You yeah, know, yeah. When you, <laughs> and I like, I think you're right. Where it would have been more scary and more uh, impactful if it was that, like I said, what I brought up the Jeffrey Dahmer book because uh -huh. that when I read it, I was like, oh shit, you know that there's there's no rhyme or reason why somebody does what they do, right? And that's what's more scary. Yeah. You know? Well, and I I uh, I discussed this with um, I discussed this with my kid after I I watched this with my. My kid who's 11 and a half, and so I know I'm a bad yeah. parent, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's possibly, one, I would say it's one of the worst movies I've let him watch, but he's kind of graduating. He's watched a lot of bad movies, so he's a very mature right. uh, 11 and a half. There you go. Yeah. I have to add that and a half because it makes me feel a little bit less like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's double digits. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, we watch a lot of this kind of stuff, and then we discuss it. And so I was discussing this with him about the idea that wouldn't it be better if his family was just more normal? Yeah. And he said, well, he goes, I kind of like that the family was so shitty because it makes you sort of understand why he went crazy because right. I, they, I were, they were bad. And I, and I said – well, that's exactly the problem I have with it is because you're interpreting right. <laughs> it as that. And I said, but think about, you know, because he's only seen this once. And I said, think about all right. the other stuff they showed us, like that he was killing animals and taking pictures of them and collecting this, like this macabre photography library of dead animals and mm -hmm. that he didn't show mercy to killing somebody who was innocent and whatever. And it's so like I said, it was very massively overshadowed by this bad family. Yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, he goes, but it, it sort of makes more sense. And I said, well, right. But isn't it more, <laughs> I said, but isn't it more scary or yeah. a better story if it doesn't make sense? Right. And he was like, oh yeah. He goes, I, I you know, it made sense to him. Like he gets it then. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting that 
I was presenting this to him as like, well, I don't like it because it's the wrong point of view. And I, it proved to me that I was right because then that's the point of view he has is to him. Yeah. He didn't really pick up on the fact that this kid was a serial killer in training. He just was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's just fucked with by shitty people. And then he snapped one. Well, day. sure. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like predictable nature. And if right. you have friends that are that way. That you know, you know, because I think, I mean, I, I've had friends that grew up in a house like that, you know, and they right. turned out perfectly normal. Um, so, yes, the, I'm not saying that, that that can't happen, but it's almost like, well, of course he did this. You know, he, of course he went to jail. Of course he, right, right. he did this because look at what happened. Right. And I, I, I mean, this this kind of thing happens throughout the movie. There's there's times in the yeah. second half where there's a few things like this that also happen that um, we'll get into when we talk about that half of it. But right, right. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know it, it, as far as from the first half, if there was, um, the, the good parts that you liked from it. Um, um there was the, I love the masks that he was creating right. and I liked the persona of Michael Myers shut down and stopped talking and he just <laughs> developed this, this personality of like okay. uh, making masks and to hide behind and not letting anybody see himself. Like, he didn't let anybody see him. Uh, you know, that wasn't his mom or the doctor at, at, at a point. And I kind of like that thing where he just shut down and he was on his own little head in his own little room. And um, I think with that whole thing about him killing the people that were doing him wrong and then killing the innocent blurred the line right there when he killed um, Danny Trejo the janitor when he played the da- janitor and, right, and he right. kept saying michael i was good to you why are you doing this to me i was good to you and he kept drowning him and drowning till he killed him and i think that was the the line where we saw a uh the psychopathic michael myers where he he had an agenda and nobody is going to survive his his path so that was setting that up i like that um yes when it was like what 15 years later so michael was like 25 or whatever yeah that was kind of the 30 the, years old yeah it was like the beginning of the adult story well the yeah. The, the transition yeah. was when uh, it was like basically the last time that his mom came to see him, and mm-hmm. then he fucking and he just shut down and he snapped and then he like stole the fork and he fucking stabbed the nurse in the throat. <laughs> well, when that's left the room. that's where I felt. Yeah, that's where I felt Rob Zombie was doing um, some of Halloween too, in the, you know, escape from the mental asylum or escape from the hospital. Right. And he he threw this and that movie because you know of course. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 took a whole different twist to things. Um, yeah. Psychotic, psychosis or in his head. But anyway, I think it was his way of like tying in some of Halloween 2 original into this movie mm-hmm. of uh, him escaping and killing, you know, the, the spoon. Yeah, the, what was it? The fork or spoon? Yeah, yeah or whatever. Yeah, into the eye. That was a kind of a cool throwback. And then, uh, yeah. So, and then of course that kicked off. That was the kickoff to the second part of the movie. Right. But I do like the transition where I do like the masks that he was sitting in a room with all these masks and he was making them because that's where he felt that he was safe and that's where he wanted to be hidden. And I like that fact that um, he hid himself and he didn't want he thought he was ugly. Of course, he even mentioned it as a kid, you know, because I'm ugly. That's yeah, why I have yeah. these masks. Yeah. So there's a lot there's a lot to that. And I think that if that movie was spread out to two hours and it was that an end of um of this remake was the beginning of the second half of the movie, <laughs> what, we, what we call the second half. Sure. I thought that would have been a very effective movie. Yeah, yeah. I I liked. See, I liked what he was 
um, in this this first half. Like, I was fine with what he was doing all the way through. It was like everything else around him. Like, the bully part didn't bother me. I feel like that right. could be a normal thing where right. you said you wanted to see this progression. So maybe they... Like, you maybe know, just beat of, him or something. Well, and even instead of he, he has the crappy family, they just have the... You know, maybe his mom finds like a couple of dead animals and kind of is is covering up for him or whatever, and, yeah. and ignores yeah. it. But then, uh, you know, he goes through a thing where the kids fuck with him a few times, and then he ends up snapping and he kills the kid, and then that kind of like sets off the whole thing, right? Where, you know, he's just triggered by one single event as opposed to this long mm. drawn out. I hear you. Scene of torment, but. Uh, yeah, also, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you're right. I had a, like, a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a theory that after he killed the kid, the bully kid, right? And then he um, mm-hmm. he goes back to his house, and then the sister won't uh, take him trick or treating. Right. She goes upstairs to just bone down with her boyfriend, and <laughs> yeah, he's sitting at the table and he's uh, just eating candy corn and marshmallow yeah. peanuts. Mm-hmm. And then after that is when he snaps, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, all he yeah. had was candy corn and marshmallow peanuts. I would probably kill everyone <laughs> in that fucking house too." <laughs> exactly. Like, you're not gonna take me trick or treating, and I gotta eat this fucking bullshit. Yeah, you would think there would be some sort of event that led up to it, right? Like, I know his <laughs> stepfather was, or the boyfriend was sitting there, and he, and yeah, he, yeah. you know, made fun of him and stuff like that. And then, yeah, he was sitting there, and I always thought, like, in that transition scene, he was sitting there pondering. You know? Yeah. Or because I kind I was liking the fact that he just kind of like got up and just grabbed the knife and the duct tape and he just like almost like um exploration like an experiment like yeah. okay you know what I'm gonna see what happens here but no it was very methodical it was very thought out he was right. as a ten year old kid he was you know premeditated murder here um but yeah you're right <laughs> he was fucker was high on sugar man right plus he was pissed because he didn't get to go trick or treating he had to eat shitty candy he, yeah. So, exactly. It's like I could have got some candy bars instead. I gotta eat this white trash ass yeah. candy corn and marshmallow peanuts. <laughs> My fucking mom's yeah. out stripping. Yeah, this is bullshit. Uh, Again, Rob Zombie films. You, you get it's so he he puts so much of shit in there in the movies that um for visual right for visual effects and everything that it's it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah. Oh, there was a great scene like when it was uh when when young Michael is he's beating the bully over the or beating him with the stick and he's standing over top of him and they show this upward shot where he takes the mask mm-hmm. off and it's just all like orange sun behind him and yeah it's just like this really great shot and then he just pulls the mask back down and then that's when he kills him but yeah, yeah. it's just definitely a very visual director and a lot of cool uh style choices yeah. of of his camera work and his angles and his cuts and whatever are much better in this mm-hmm Oh yeah, he he uh, Rob Zombie is a very stickler for detail. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll he uh, he knows how to set the environment. Like you really, it really is Halloween, right? Right. At time, you know what I mean? Like we were talking about that with the Christmas episodes, where sometimes it's overly done. Like you know it's Christmas, you know it's Halloween. He has jack o' lanterns everywhere, like right. where they're not even supposed to be, but he just puts them in. So. I mean, I think that's pretty good with the this this first half. I mean, I think we both mm-hmm. agree there's there's some good there, but there's definitely a lot yeah. of missteps there as well. 
Yeah. Um, this this serves almost as like a prequel that leads into a remake. Right. Right. Uh, a different approach to a reboot of a movie, right? Like a, a remake of a movie. Oh yeah, it definitely does something different. So yeah, you can't uh, fault them for trying that. No. Um, and I don't hate it. I just I just wish it was like toned down a little bit. I mean, even make his family like kind of shitty, but not like the worst fucking family in the world. Right. Like, it's just it's well, like, like a, yeah, so like it's... egregiously gross. Oh, with like yeah. the way that that William Forsythe acts and like it's just uh, it's so obnoxious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm just sitting there rolling my eyes, like, come on, dude. Mm. Like, first off, I mean, I get, I get abuse, but the guy's like, and you know, invalid, and he's broken, and she's strong. She seemed like a strong woman in right. the movie. The mom, she, you don't kick, you can't just kick his ass out to the curb. But at that point, I know she's like, not what is she weak and abused, like. Yeah, and it just didn't make any sense. It was just set up that environment of mm-hmm. an abusive household or just an ugly household. But I was just kind of like, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. So um, after we have that, that transition of that uh, when he's a kid, the last time his mom comes, she uh, goes out in the hallway with Loomis, and then he kills the nurse, and then they all come in, and he's going crazy. He tries to like attack his mom and Loomis, and he's just completely snapped at that point. And then right. his, his mom goes home and ends up committing suicide. Yeah, with and the then, baby, with Laurie Strode in the in the in the bathroom. Yeah, you just hear the, the baby back. crying, and so then it just uh, rolls right into the, uh, uh, you know, with him being an adult then, right? Right, right. Uh, now, I I know there's different cuts of this movie, uh, so I don't know how yours. When he mm-hmm. breaks out, is it be is it through the, the, rape scene? Yes. Because I, I think there's another one where it's not a rape scene where he breaks out, but I've never seen any one except for the rape one. So, yeah, me neither. I, 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 there was like a PG-13 version. I think it was the theatrical, <laughs> the quote-unquote theatrical cut. Oh, There's okay, a different okay. way that he breaks out where it's, I, I don't remember for sure, but it's something where he's uh, being led down the hallway and then just like fucks the two guards up or something and escapes. Yeah, just something to be something said like about that. the the um yeah the the rape scene. Okay, um, those two guards are small, and and yes, you know maybe the the uh, liquid courage they had when Michael Myers stood up. That that dude was like seven foot tall, you know, two fifty pound, <laughs> menacing. Uh, six foot eight not in scared. real life. So okay, uh, and they are not scared of that, and they're just edging him on. Like they're he's like he's not gonna do anything. I, know, I mean, well, it was kind of like <laughs> the whole scene is so stupid to me because it's like, uh, like okay, fine, you're you're a scumbag and you want to fucking molest yeah, the inmates and you we'll want to rape the girl, yeah. whatever. But like, in addition to that, you want to go into the room <laughs> of the biggest guy in the place that murdered his in whole family psychotic? when he was ten. <laughs> Exactly. I don't get it. And you're like, like, hey, let's go in here and fucking taunt him too. Like, oh, what? And take his mask and yeah. It's... Right, right. And so this <laughs> oh, was that this was, was a scene uh, that was yeah. That whole thing was stupid, but this was one of the things that I pointed out where, um, they they, it's almost hidden where you could think that he's being a sympathetic character, but he's really not. Right. No. Because to the 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 untrained eye, I guess you could say, you would think mm-hmm. like, oh he gets up and he's tired of them raping this girl. So he saves her by killing them. Right. And it was only when it touches mass. Well, right. It's really just, they start pulling him down and they're putting it on their face and they're getting in his face. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, that's it. Now you fucked up. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, 
They don't they don't show, but I wouldn't be surprised if he killed that girl on the way out of the room too. Right. I mean, they no, showed it, that he it, just it, killed like some random nurse and a bunch of security exactly. guards and so. Yeah, she was nowhere to be found after, you know? Right, right. Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um yeah, I I thought that scene was just I don't know what they were setting up there. It was stupid and because unnecessary. Ex- it was like could have escaped a thousand different ways, yeah. It just adds to kind of the grime of the meal, the uh, the meal, the grime of the movie where well, he tried to make it um yeah. so over the Rob top. Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob Zombie has a ongoing theme of us wanting to root for the bad guy. And to set up the guards as the overall bad guy and Michael Myers not being so bad. Right. He ha- he has a tendency to do that, right? So when Michael Myers killed the two guards, we rooted for him. Yes. We were like, hell yeah, kill them. They're assholes. Right. right. And and then when he go ahead and kills uh, Danny Trejo, we're right. like, oh, man, he's an ass. He's, he's back to being that dick. Right. But um, to me, like I said, that's that's Rob Zombie's writing, and he, he tends to do that kind of stuff. He tends for us to uh, make the hero, like an anti-hero, uh, momentarily. So yeah. that might have been that scene. So I don't know. So. He definitely knows how to make people seem like real pieces of shit in movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially background characters or secondary characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's like his superpower or something. He fucking just <laughs> is so good at making shitbag people that you want right. to, you want to see them get killed by the, the monster of the movie. Right. Um, right. You know, exactly. it's, it's conflicting because I mean, we all love Michael Myers as like almost this, I, I don't know. All for the wrong reasons. <laughs> more of an icon than a hero. You know, and exactly. when you, you do something like that, he becomes sort of an anti-hero. So. Well, exactly. And, and not to revert back to Elm Street, right? But right. we all had Elm Street. People were, were uh, had Freddy toys and dolls and kids. And the kid guy was a child molester. Right. You know what I mean? Like he killed and raped children. Right. And we, and we glorified that in the movie. But anyway, yeah, it's the same kind of deal where no, for now sure. we're, we're, we're glorifying a a 10 year old kid that murdered his whole family by killing two a- bigger assholes. Yeah, yeah. And uh and we all rooted for that. I I felt satisfied. Right. Well, so they had that you know? that whole hospital escape scene was kind of the segue and then yes. I actually put in my notes uh remake begins at 54 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Part B of the movie. This is this is where you get the Halloween. This right. is I mean, almost there is some very very cool homages to the original and some very uh Good respect to the original, to John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Uh, this is of, where Rob, uh, to me, in this movie, this is where Rob Zombie shined in the second half of this film. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, things that he does throughout is uh, definitely a similar thing like with Carpenter where he does these long one-shots of them walking mm-hmm. through the street. And, yep. you, and you see kind of the whole city it's not just a, a tight shot it's it's you know farther away and then following them as they're walking yes kind of see the whole background and everything around yes um he does that quite a bit and uh definitely a lot more uh attributed sort of style to it like you said it's it really kind of pairs up well with it um yeah the, the yeah. one thing that i i did notice and I, I don't know enough about about this as well but um in, in these great outdoor scenes, um, I was almost noticing that similar to the original Halloween movie, that it was a little bit too green outside to be Halloween. 
Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, I mean, they're supposed to be in Illinois, right? So, right. right. So it, sh- um, it would be cold, and the leaves would be off of the trees, and there's there's only one shot. And, and now that you say this, there's one shot, and I don't. If I think it's Lori's house, where you see fall leaves on top of the roof, and they're like. They almost look strategically placed, like someone just took a trash bag and just dumped them on yeah. there. Yeah, well, that's what they did for the original, because it was exactly. shot out of season, and so they had to like dump bags of leaves, yeah. and then they had to go out and collect the leaves and then reuse them. Cause yeah, they you're didn't right. Have though money to it get was, more leaves. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Halloween, October. I mean, there's sometimes. I mean, it didn't seem like anybody was cold. Yeah, I just wondered if it was done <laughs> on purpose because that was kind of it's like kind of this known legacy about the movie like that like that they had to uh they they took like bags full of leaves and they painted them fall colors and they would dump them yeah. and blow them around and collect the leaves and reuse them and that's very interesting and i wouldn't put it past rob zombie to do that because he is such a fan mm-hmm. of halloween and the franchise and such a respectful you know he has such respect for john carpenter i'm speaking for him now but he yeah. has such respect for john carpenter and his work that i wouldn't I wouldn't put it past that he actually did that yeah, yeah. on purpose. Well, and even or it could have just been a happy accident. So. He, he paired up all the music in a really similar yeah. way. I mean, it was all kind of those same stalking music sounds and yeah, yeah, and creeping sounds and stuff. Um, so there was a lot of that sort of same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also the whole thing where you're you're concentrating on the girls talking and in the background if you don't pay attention there's michael Myers standing there and he just disappears into the trees oh my god um, i know there's a few shots yeah there's a few shots i'm like i'm thinking going am i watching the original it's so cool you know well this one he has such a contrast of he's like the most elusive <laughs> uh like sneak behind like right there's so many parts where even like inside outside whatever where you see him in the background and he's like right there all the time. Mm-hmm. But then it, like, he's so good at being quiet and soft and not being noticed. But then right. it's this massive contrast with being like the most brutal version of Michael Myers we've ever seen <laughs> where he's this huge six foot eight monster and he fucking actually yeah. throw people around and break them in half and stabs people well, a bunch of times. And Yeah. When the scene, when the girls were taunting him and he's standing there and they're like, look at that creepy guy staring at us. Right. Uh, he didn't look like just a guy out there just joking around. Right. Okay. Right. He had the dingiest mask on. The, he, like I said, six foot eight. Right. <laughs> brooding guy. You don't just taunt. I, know. <laughs> I don't care, man. That, that was a little bit uh, uh, disbelief right there. A yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where people do, man, but I don't taunt people. No. When I go outside like that. No. Well, that's <laughs> you bring up a good thing. We could, uh, we could talk about the girls a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because they're all... They're all three still the same characters. Again, this being mm. very similar recreation. Uh, we yeah. have the three main girls from the other movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you... Did you feel that uh, they matched up to the original girls? I, well, The girls, the friends, yes, not Laurie Strode. Now, uh, Laurie Strode is like almost the complete opposite of what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character was. Okay. She wasn't... Uh, openly you know sexual um with her stepmom or you know her adopted mom you know with the whole bagel scene and stuff that's not the laurie strode i know when she was doing that i was like well maybe that's just because her mom was like that and it just rubbed off you know in the dna but with she was only like that to her parents if you noticed she wasn't like that with her friends the friends were all horned toads and 
and guy crazy just like the original you know well she kind of uh, was because they like they had the whole thing where um and i love that they they brought back the ben tramer name where right. she's like oh and i talked to so and so and he said that his well, friend ben tramer and they were like yeah. they were like humping each other and stuff like she was very that was i had sort of the same issue where they took away from her uh i, I guess her, her plain <laughs> jane feel of of yeah yeah the original one where they had her a little bit more you know she's like dry humping her friends and they're doing like yeah. oh oh noises and like exactly you know, I just um, don't think the original Laurie Strode, that character, like that Laurie, the, I just didn't see that in Jamie Lee Curtis's no, character. No. She's very covered up, you know, like standoff, right. shy, very shy, you mm. know, where she want, like, again, the whole boyfriend thing came up in the original where, you know, the girls wanted her to have a boyfriend. She was like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll call him. And, but like uh, this one, it was just out more outspoken, more out there, more, more free. Yeah. And again, I, and I always like, okay, she's doing this. Uh, sexual act in front of her adopted parents or, you know, with the bagel and stuff, I'm thinking, what the hell? You know, like, uh, is that in her DNA because her mom was, you know, like that? Her sister was like, you know, her family was all jacked up and now this is just something that's making her stand outside of that box a little? I don't know. Yeah. So, well, she's still... Lori Strode to me a little different. Th yeah. They made her also still good, too. Like, she was good with the kids. Oh, they did. She, yeah, she yeah, was, exactly. you know, good that with her perfect. mom and other parts and, like... They 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 tried to yeah. make her both things. I feel like, and see, I yeah, I didn't like the friends so much because I felt like they made the two girls almost too identical. Oh, they were, absolutely. They were almost the same 100%. character. Where, right. not that we like get a shitload of time with them, but I mean we've watched Halloween a bunch of times and picked it apart mm -hmm. and stuff. So you you kind of know, you know, the Linda character and the Annie character. Right, and they're so much different in this movie. They're both just kind of like these really trashy, foul-mouthed, uh, you know, right. fuck pig type chicks. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, just give me beer and fuck me, and like, right. exactly. oh, I'm such a I'm fucking like, where are these chicks at? Piece of shit, and like, and just like right. they they felt super trashy too. Like they belonged in the first half of the movie's family. Yeah, exactly, exactly, hundred uh, percent. Like, I didn't get like I didn't get that. Um... There was a complete different character breakdown from the original to this one. Because uh, I think, you know, in the first one, they like uh, Linda is the, the totally girl. And we get like one totally from her as kind of a tribute, which I thought was funny. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I mean, she was I mean, she was kind of dumb and like and sex crazed, mm -hmm. but she She's the chill was, leader. She was yeah. still sweet and like and kind of fun and bubbly and then uh and annie was you know much more serious and whatever and then this annie was not really very mm -hmm. serious and was kind nope. of more towards the linda side so i don't know there yeah. were i felt like those characters were off and that made it weird for me yeah yeah which almost made me like Lori more because at least she was like the nice ones i don't know if again did he try and make well, them so fucking shitty that it made her seem i nicer? hear you yeah, or... I hear you on that, and I think you're 100% right on that. And again, um, she was interacting with the kids, and she's babysitting. I thought that was Laurie Strode. Right. That was the Laurie Strode. I I was like, that was cool because, you know, it's you putting this um, personality on something, when you, and then when Michael Myers comes into the picture, you're really, really rooting for her. Right, right. And not to take away, like, you know, girls don't act like that, and I get that, but sometimes it's over the top and a little too much. Even when they put boys in that same position where it's, overly bullying and overly sexual and overly 
you know, a, a macho stuff, it gets old and it gets like, well, that's easy. Yeah, that's like yeah. an easy character to pinpoint, you know, and and you want him to die, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, what about some of the other characters? So we had Tommy again. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I put in my notes. Yeah, Tommy. The, uh, yeah, I, I wrote down uh, Tommy is a little dickhead in this movie too. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was kind of a dickhead in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I like I like Tommy in this one. Tommy was good. No, he same is. Same thing in the original. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a dick, but most kids are dicks. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's the he's at that age where like I don't care. Do that. Go do this. I don't care. And I like that. I like his line in it. He, she um, what's the other girl's name? The little girl that comes over. Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah, he goes. Lindsay's coming over. He says, "I don't." He says, "I don't like Lindsay. I don't like girls, you know." Right. And like, uh, she's she smells like you, you know. It's like girls, you know. It's girls. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. And yeah. I like. I kind of like that. That was right. fun. Uh, who else do we? So, how about a few a few good cameos? Um, the uh, the mm-hmm. hospital executives were uh, Clint Howard and Udo Kier. <laughs> yes. So I thought that was yes. uh, awesome. I, every time team. Clint Howard's in a movie, I love. He's great. Yeah. Um. And Udo Kier is always, uh, yeah. He's just that like stone faced, like mean looking guy. Yeah, he plays a great doctor. Great yeah, psychologist. yeah. Uh, and then I we had uh, Sid Haig as the groundskeeper. Yep, Sid Haig. Uh, what the hell was he, his name? He did a good job at that one. He had a great name too, and oh. I forgot what it was. I didn't write it down. Um, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, he always kind of plays the same, where he's just like swears a lot yep. and he's goofy and the ornery <laughs> old man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. And then we had uh, Sheriff Breckett was Chucky. Yes. Oh my God. Charles Lee Ray. I. I and uh, Worm Tongue from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Right. Right. Um, yeah. He played that. Yeah. Sid Haig was Chester Chesterfield. Yeah. Chester Chesterfield. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The sheriff. Oh, he's such a great actor. I love his look. His, yeah. You Brad know, Dorf, even when he's, right? Yeah. Brett Dorf. Even when he's like sitting there talking to Loomis, and he's got that look. That deranged look, you just look, it was great. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, some you know what good I, cameos. There was some, and then obviously like, um, Danielle Harris was in Halloween 4 and 5. Yep. So that was kind of cool they brought her back. Even though I'm not like, yeah. she's alright, but again, like I didn't, she didn't fit that character that she was supposed to be playing. So she would have been a better Linda. Yeah, 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 I, I think so. Um, eh. Yeah, I think so. Well, they were, like I said, they're both slutty, so. Yeah. It was almost like it was almost because the, they they almost had identical scenes to each other. You know, they both you know they went in the abandoned house or and then went to the other house and they had sex and, right, right. and it was like it's like I'm too good for you, but I'm letting you hit this anyway. And it's like oh god, right. you know. I mean, <laughs> I thought the boyfriend though that Annie had I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Linda. I'm sorry, not not Annie. The other one, that one that got killed uh, with a pumpkin smashed over his head, which was kind of corny. Oh right, right. Uh, Remember at the end when uh, when uh, Laurie found him in the house and he, had, he was hanging like yeah, a yeah. scarecrow and had the pumpkin. I thought that was like oh, that's stupid. I don't because I don't I don't think Michael Myers would take the time to dress him up like that. You right, know what I mean? Like I a, think that's like a Jason thing. Move on. That's something Jason would do. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like all of a sudden Michael Myers got a, a sense of humor. He's gonna just replace his head with a pumpkin and hang him where everybody can see it. Just too theatrical for that oh that was the other boyfriend is bob was um but linda's yeah, boyfriend. the rock and roller dude yeah yeah and uh i always it was it was just as bad in this movie so again i don't know if this was intentionally done this way um like in the original and in this when bob gets killed 
and he he picks him up by his throat and pins him against the wall and then he stabs oh, yeah. him and then the knife yeah. is supposed to be so far through him that it's holding him up in the air against the wall <laughs> right and so right. i'm looking at the mechanics of the shot they show and i'm like he would have had to have stabbed him with like a fucking machete in order for that to work like oh, of course <laughs> with the amount I mean... of knife that's sticking out of his chest <laughs> And how much, how wide his chest was, I'm like, that knife can't even be touching the wall. What the fuck? Yeah, because <laughs> it's bullshit. only, I mean, it's a kitchen knife, right? It's yeah. not like a... I know. <laughs> and like half of the knife blade was exposed outside of his chest, so it only right. got half of the blade Yeah, a machete him. would work. <laughs> it always yeah. kills me, but machete it was... would have been perfect. It was like that in the first movie, too, so uh, is it another one yep. of those like things where he did it to be funny? Oh, or I got as, you. as a tribute yeah. kind of thing, or... Because it's Rob always Zombie's like a smart criticized. Guy, so I, yeah, exactly. He's a very smart guy, and I think he knows better to fix uh, scenes rather than to leave right. him in as an homage. And I and I and I want to say that I want to say, um, like Rob Zombie left that in on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> as 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 a uh, for only the the keen eye will see, or, or to to mimic and interact with. Um, yeah. Then we had. Uh else oh um the um god damn it i just had it in my notes and then i lost my place oh the uh, so i like how they brought the mask back uh mm-hmm. in the first uh, half of the movie yeah. they had that the boyfriend the uh, his sister's boyfriend just had it as like a random halloween mask and right. then michael put right. it on to kill his sister and then he must have hid the mask in the house and then came back and found it later but it That's was all what... like shitty and and torn up and whatever yeah, that's what was um a little bit kind of uh, weird to me was uh yeah I like how they introduced the mask and he actually killed his sister with the mask on mm-hmm. uh, when he was little right and you're right like he hit it but he came back specifically to his house smashed the floorboards and grabbed the mask right uh okay uh, you know uh, it was I was sitting there going uh really like uh, maybe I just wanted him to find it differently. Yeah. Instead of specifically going back and grabbing that specific mask. Well, we took it as like he hid it in the house. Like he, yeah. Because then when they showed him outside, when he was going back to when he was a kid, and he's sitting outside with his baby sister when his mom comes home, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the mask on or anything then. Right. So right. And like, that makes and that's and that's fine. And like I said, that makes sense. Maybe it, it, it because I'm not used to the remake enough right i'm used right. to the original where he always just had it and i'm not used to like uh well in the he original he be... got it from the the hardware store or whatever that had the halloween correct. costumes correct and and um but what i'm saying is like i i, I uh had to put myself back it's like he went into he needs to hide himself right so he knows where this mask is and again that's the mask that ties it all in together with his family too right, so yeah right. okay i'll buy into it like he went. He knew where it was to grab because he needs to hide himself to be comfortable. Right. So I get that. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I, I like the whole second half. Mm-hmm. Um, second half was Halloween to me. I mean, that was a typical Halloween yeah. uh, movie where it was almost where honestly is even at the second half when he's chasing Laurie around, mm-hmm. I was getting a little bored because we already know what's going to happen. We already know the results, and it's almost. Well, the in, same they, thing. in this one, unlike the original, they had to introduce the thing about him being brother and sister with her. Right. But and that was, uh, yeah, I think exactly. that they had Up to address that, point, that because yeah. we know it now. So. Correct. Yes. And like I said, he put a little bit of two into this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there's a lot of things that he fast forward, which that was kind of cool as a, as a remake. 
and uh that whole thing when he kept pushing the picture with uh Lori and him as when she was a baby and she kept I don't understand I don't understand he and you hear him grunting like pushing the photo forward right so was his intentions to just to save or to like be with her or was his intentions to always kill her and finish the job right right you know that's where you have to kind of ask yourself now and I think it was to be with her because that was the only family he has left and you know I don't think he was going to kill the well he didn't kill the baby save the baby right and you know found out it was her so that's cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Again, putting a, a, a human element onto a psychopath. Well, that was always like the one little bit of a connection that he had. I think they had even yeah. shown that in other movies where he kind of almost was sympathetic towards her for a minute, but then was like, nope. Yep. Uh, well, no, that's exactly, exactly. Um, I even like the fact when he killed his... Uh, the adopted parents, or actually, they were Strodes, right? It was the brother or something like that, or the uncle yeah. that adopted Lori. Yes. Um, yeah. When she was killing the mom, he he had a picture of Lori, and he's like pushing her in her face, like, "Where is you know? This is who I'm I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like, where is she?" Right. So right. that was kind of cool. I like that. I like that a lot more in this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if they didn't introduce that premise of them being brother and sister, it would have been tougher for people to accept because now it's just become such a part of the story random yeah just like a random attack right right which you know that only worked for the first one until the second one came Correct. out so yeah exactly like i said i like that I like how rob zombie took the first two films and just kind of blurred them a little bit yeah yeah uh i think that's i mean i think we, you know we we covered a lot of i don't really have yeah. a lot of issues with the second half other than just some of the the character choices i guess Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they went fine as far as uh, being a remake in the second half of the movie. Uh, sort yeah. of sort of like the first half, I would have liked to have seen it just expand that story to maybe yeah. have a little bit before that and a little bit more with... I think that's the other thing too, is if we had more time maybe with Lori and they could have shown us a better balance of... Her being a, mm-hmm. a shitty high school kid that talks <laughs> right. with the gutter mouth friends and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not yeah, that I, I got not that I have a, a clean Lori. mouth, but uh. right. Well, but I got the, the original Lori. We got as like like a straight A student, you know, a home on time, obeyed mm-hmm. her curfew. That's what I got out of Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Yeah. All we got was this. And I got she that smoked a little, a little bit, bit of weed, but you know that doesn't. Yeah, make she her did. Bad. She did. No, no she wrong did. With that. And like I said, there was a little bit of wild side. <laughs> There was a little bit, but I don't know. The whole bagel scene threw me off. I mean, I like it. I mean, I, don't don't get me wrong. I don't like my girls that clean. Right. But <laughs> or character. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it gets over the top where you just roll your eyes like, okay, sure, I get this. You know, doesn't doesn't do anything. Right, right. Uh, good. Well, I think we can uh, we can give our rating slash final thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give. I'll, you want I'll, me to go first? Yeah. yeah or you I, go first. I can shorten mine up where I can leave out things that uh, that we sure. already uh, said. But you can go first and then. Okay. Yeah. Mine's simple. Um, I give this movie a solid eight just because okay. I think I think um, it did true to the franchise. I think it was true, especially the second half of it was the movie that I was waiting for. The first half seemed that was a separate movie altogether and it could have been separate and just expand into like a feature mm-hmm. and like a pre of course a prequel but I, I appreciate it at the same time i think that um a solid eight is pretty good b- 
because of you know just the content of it um being a fan of, of halloween i hate to to uh look at the negatives of a lot of things i, I think that the points are where it, it still didn't give me take me out of the movie too much was the the family dynamics how michael myers became a psychopath you know, and a killer and stuff like that i can look beyond it i'll be critical of it but i can look a little bit beyond it where it won't affect my overall experience of this movie so i still enjoy it i'll still watch it to this day and i will recommend this movie to anybody like hey check out the original but the remake uh, if you're not that squeamish and you can you can handle um you know almost like art imitating life or life imitating art kind of stuff you'll like us yeah yeah i also came in at an eight out of ten on this movie um oh cool the uh, specifically speaking on the characters of Laurie and Michael and Loomis, um, we didn't really talk too much about Loomis. I, no, we didn't. I yeah. think I think he was just sort of like a watered down version. I, I you know I had him as uh, less manic, a little more composed throughout the movie. Uh, the, yeah. the capitalist angle is interesting, but they really just kind of glossed over that and had people be like, "Oh, that guy's a piece of shit" because he wrote a book about a serial killer. <laughs> Right. Uh, so they didn't really go too far with him. Uh, they just kind of left him there as a plot device, I feel like. Right. Um, I said that uh, Laurie's still a sweet kid, but with a bit more of an edge than the original. And I believe the sexuality of her friends permeates more into her persona. And she could have, she could, uh, you know, be more separate from that to add to her purity mm-hmm. or her, uh, you know, final girl status. But um, yeah, I, I really like her overall, but I think we would have benefit to spend more time with her. Um, I said that uh, this Michael is a motherfucking savage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my exact note. Uh, I love his presence and his force and his brutality is combined with the soft and silent stalking. It's such a remarkable blend that they managed to create. Uh, he looks great. He acts great. Uh, I, I really love this Michael Myers, this version of him. Um, I don't love how over-sexualized this movie is as a whole. Um, I'm all for mm-hmm. a very dark and mean-spirited Halloween, but these characters can't stop talking about fucking. <laughs> right. It's just like non-stop. If they're, if, if they're not fucking, they're talking about fucking. It's just like, okay, we get it. People like fucking. I mean, God damn. Right, exactly. Um, I don't hate the backstory approach, but I don't like the shitty family part i would have liked uh you know like we talked about the more mm-hmm. normal family yeah it makes it a little more scary or more intriguing of a story if there's not this this clear linear path of the tortured kid from a bad family that's abused turns into a psycho it just feels so Typical. so unilateral yeah. yeah um but yeah i think overall uh technically this movie is brilliant uh just some missteps uh doesn't need to be two hours long if anything it needs to be two slightly longer halves right two two separate movies i guess two separate Uh, movies yeah but i still really really like this a lot um as far as being a ninth movie in the franchise i would say this is higher up in the halloween franchise because this one Mm -hmm. definitely has a pretty a pretty jaded lineage of movies yeah so this one definitely beats all three prequels Oh yeah, Star definitely. Wars, no, to put it in order, <laughs> definitely. But but it does not. I don't think comes near the original trilogy. No way. 
No, no. Or the new movies. Yeah, I never really tried to rate my Halloween movies in order. <laughs> I wouldn't That'd say, be but interesting uh, say. yeah. But I think you know this one is right up there with uh, the first couple. I would say. Sure. As far as the quality, I mean, I I love when it gets when when Halloween gets into those uh, four, five, six, where they're they're really kind of just like the bad movies. Right. Right. Um, right. The I still over the top kills that. Well, yeah, I still sort of love them just because they're sort of stupid and and have this yeah. fun slasher sort of feel to them in a way. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, turned into uh, Friday Thirteenth. Right. Right. Um, and then obviously it, it goes into a weird direction with the right with the resurrection. Halloween H two O is pretty good, so <laughs> it's it's a hard series to really put a finger on. It's got such sure. a great movie that it starts out with, and then it's just all over the fucking place. And I'm anxious, I'm really excited for the uh, the Halloween. Well, I guess that's the real Halloween three, right, uh, right? Coming out next year. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I am optimistic about it too. I think. Um, mm. I think it can be good. I think, I think it will. I mean, I'm just speculating, but I think it will still have some some of this edge, this like modern yeah. meanness. But I think it also might not be so over the top. I just hope they don't put too much comedy into it. Yeah, I don't want to see ya. it be too funny. But I don't mind if they try and funny things up a little bit. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really bother me. Like I don't feel like everything has to say brooding and and right sad all the time so no it's a, definitely a good movie i think as far as number nines go this is probably one of the better number nines in a franchise yeah yeah um yeah that's good that was fun to revisit this one too and uh and yeah. kind of really like think like about it a little more like i'm all i'm very overly critical on on remakes because again i think i hold the originals really true to my heart yeah a lot of times, and because you know, I grew up with these movies, and you just have this really preconceived notion of what these these uh, uh, iconic monsters and stuff should be, right? And then mm-hmm. when they try to change it a little, people can get overly overly critical, which, like like I said, I am. Yeah, yeah. But I also can yeah, see the happens. entertainment value in a lot of it too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, why don't we take one last break? Uh, okay. We will come back and. Just kind of plug all of our various going-ons, tell everyone where we're going to be found in the future, and uh, then we can uh, set up for our episode 4.5, where if you want to check out our review of uh, The Last Jedi, then you can download that one as well as a companion piece. Yes. All right, we'll be right back. All right. Get up and scream. You're gonna get up and go 
turn an X in your head. Alright guys, well, that's it for episode 4, but if you would like to hear us talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi, episode 9, well, episode 8, but the ninth movie, um, <laughs> right, thank you then make sure to uh, download our episode 4.5, which will be the companion piece to this uh, separate podcast, which, you know, for some of you guys don't like Star Wars, don't want to listen. Uh, before we get into plugs, I almost forgot that I wanted to... I put a poll in our Facebook group page uh, regarding mm -hmm. The Last Jedi, which um, I wanted to, to just um, put that on, on this show just in case somebody doesn't want to listen to the other half, but they had voted okay. on it. So, I had put, what is your rating for The Last Jedi? Um, either I loved it, which would be an 8 out of 10 or higher. I liked it, which would be a 5 out of 10 to 7 out of 10 or I didn't like it which would be a 4 out of 10 or lower right uh, so we got pretty good votes um, we had one person voted 4 out of 10 or lower right, right. Uh, we had 11 12 13 voted for liked it and we had 19 voted for loved it so overall right. I think that's pretty good it's funny that you did that I'll pull just real fast like mm -hmm. our um and the Starlight Digest, my other, you know, Star Wars, we'll get to that in minutes. But uh, we did something similar where we took a statistical approach to things and we asked questions like, how old are you? Did okay. you like the movie? Uh, like kind of like a, um, a data mm -hmm. and the research. And we did we had one person with a zero. Right. We had one person with a perfect 10, but the majority were about an eight, like a seven and a half, eight, you know, which was a good rating for the, for right, the poll. Right. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we put that up there too on on our Facebook because it is the general consensus. Uh, right. Um, but and stay tuned. Also, if you haven't seen the last Jedi, because there is some interesting talk coming up. If you want to, you know, download our four and a half and see and just join the conversation of the last Jedi. I know it's not horror, but it's the topic of the town right now. So, and we're all fans yeah but there's yeah. some interesting feedback and there's some interesting um uh thoughts on going in and why people did not like it at first right so. well it'll be good for me Ooh. to uh talk to you because i haven't really talked cool. to you very much about it yet so we were kind of yeah, saving yeah. it for the show yeah cool uh so yeah that was uh 19 13 and 1 so uh overall it seems like the people at least like it yeah still better than the prequels 
It ain't no attack of the clone. That's what we're measuring everything to. It's the measuring <laughs> stick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so uh, why don't you tell everybody where we can also hear you in the future or find you? Sure. Um, my other love of life is Star Wars at the Sarlacc Digest. Um, you could get us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much Google us on any of your podcast listening devices, and we, we show up there. Uh, it is Sarlacc Digest, and even on the RLU network, uh, Raw Live and Unedited Network. You can, on our Instagram, I think it's at Star, Sarlacc Digest, and we are very active over there, so please um, interact with us. We love hearing from you guys. All right. Uh, yeah, and I, I do, um, I've recommended your podcast to other people that I know that don't like, yes. that don't like horror, but that like Star Wars. So, oh, cool. Yeah. I've, I've been nice. suggesting your show to other people for a while now. So, oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, all right. So we, uh, here at who will survive are now also, uh, so just this past week, um, we are linked ourselves up with another podcasting network uh, known as the Legion Podcast Network or Legion Network of Podcasts. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so uh, uh, from now on, you will also be able to find all of our shows um, at legionpodcasts.com. Uh, we are also still always on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcast Network feed, which can be found at rawlivepod.com. Um, on any of your uh, podcasting apps, you can uh, you can look for Legion podcasts. You could look for Raw Live and Unedited podcasts. And in addition to us, you're going to find a whole bunch of shows that cover everything between you know movies and pop culture and games and toys and whatever. Uh, it's just great that um, you know we've so rapidly been accepted by other people and, and yeah, groups, awesome. groups of our peers that uh, want to see us, you know, right there with them. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's it feels really good cool. To, yeah, it, it does. feels good to be part of a community and not just talk to ourselves anymore. <laughs> you know, what I mean? even though it, yeah, you were yeah. talking here, but it's really cool to interact. And, uh, and like we alluded to before of our 2017s, our accomplishments this year, this is one of them. Right. And, uh, I, I hope it keep, continues to grow, you know, and uh, like I said, uh, being a part of a, the uh, the Legion podcast, too, is fantastic. I, I can't like it's just so exciting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's great that, um, you know, so quickly we're being accepted by, you mm. know, other yeah. people who have been doing it for a lot longer than we have. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we, we only want to do them proud. So so hopefully we will put out more good shows in 2018. And continue yes. to get better. Uh, we do plan to stay bi-weekly. Um, I have another uh, solo me and, and a rotating guest seat show that will hopefully be coming up soon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in development. And um, stay tuned for that. But um, in the meantime, uh, find us at um, Facebook at Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. Definitely join our Facebook group. And if you're already in the group, uh, it's also open that you can add people to the group yourself. So if you have some friends that aren't in the group, then go ahead and add them too. I, you know, love to have people come in and post their own stuff in addition to whatever I'm posting there. Um, I have polls. I'm going to try to put more things up where people can interact with the show itself, um, you know, whether it be through a poll or voting on 
future episode or movies that we might cover or genres or something like that so definitely get in the facebook group is where the interaction yeah. is going to happen uh, we do also have an instagram at who will survive horror podcast um, i haven't been the greatest about keeping up with it but i try <laughs> me neither uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> and we still have our email is uh who will survive podcast at gmail.com uh, we didn't get any more top 10 lists this time but we'll still take them if you got them or just mm-hmm. send us anything. Send us a letter, uh, to, you know, some kind of message in, in email form, and we'll read it on cease the show and, and talk order. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cease and desist uh, letters to stop. Sure, yeah. we'll read them. If you happen to be listening <laughs> to this and I've used your music without permission in a the show, then uh, don't send me the email because I'll send it to spam. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I think that's about it. Um, yes. Hopefully... Uh, in two more weeks you'll hear another one from us and in the meantime we will see you guys around the rest of the internet and if you want to hear the Star Wars show then uh, check that out which will also be available for download at the same time as this so alright great thanks and we'll see you soon